Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you're listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to keeping it strong style The ace of podcasts On the social suplex podcast network Jeremy Donovan here Joined by the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we will be previewing the New Japan Road and Honor Rising, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. This episode of Keeping a Strong Style is brought to you by Powerslam.tv. Powerslam.tv is an independent wrestling streaming service with over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling from companies across the world. Use promo code SOCIALSUPLEX to get your month free. Also, check out our Pro Wrestling Tea store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash SocialSuplex. They have a President's Day sale running from today through Wednesday. Use the promo code PREZ, that's P-R-Z, promo code PREZ to get 20% off of your order. And just want to thank everybody who's gotten Social Suplex t-shirts so so far. Take advantage of that 20% off on Pro Wrestling Tees. All right, young boy, how you doing this week, man? Yo, I'm feeling tired, dude. I don't know. Like, been in the gym, clanging and banging. I've been trying to be a good guy, like Tama <laughs> How How's that working out for you? I, I thought it was fine, and then, like, this weekend hit, and now I'm exhausted, and I'm like, this, I don't want to pay my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god! I don't want to get up early. I don't want to be responsible. You don't want to be an adult? No. I want to sit at home and watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. Dude, like, becoming an adult is like the biggest work there is. It, it's completely a work. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, or is it a shoot? Is it a well, work I, shoot? I, I, I think the, the idea of wanting to become an adult 
what what it's portrayed as. It's, it's kinda, a gimmick. Yeah, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Yeah. Yep. But um, speaking of gimmicks, let's um, get into some wrestling talk. So we have two shows, actually, well, technically three shows coming up this week. We have the New Japan Road, and we have two Honor Rising shows on the 22nd and the 23rd. So we're going to preview both of those, give some predictions, and then we'll um, cover some news after that. So let's start with the uh, New Japan Road. This is uh, Takashi Iska's retirement show. Are you going to miss Iska? Goodbye, Iska. <laughs> na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. See ya. See ya, Iska. <laughs> let's, let's go. Let's, let's, let's get this review going because I'm ready for Iska to get the F-O-H. <laughs> You're ready for him to move, move around, move along. Um, Move, Iska. Get, <laughs> get out, out the way. <laughs> get out the way, Iska. Get out the way. Oh my gosh. So, uh, New Japan Road will be airing on Thursday, February 21st. We've got the opening contest with Yuya Yomura teaming up with Jushin Thunder Liger to take on the Bullet Club team of Robbie Eagles and the Bone Soldier Taiji Ishimori. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, we've got the return to the New Japan Pro Ring for uh, Robbie Eagles, which I think the last time we saw him was during the Junior Tag Tournament, essentially, right? Yep, during the uh, the Power Struggle Tour. So, I know a lot of people have been kind of asking, you know, where where Robbie Eagles stood in, in, in uh, you know, the spectrum of things with New Japan. And so, I think we can kind of chalk it up to him probably being a reoccurring junior, sort of like an ACH-type character or Dragon Lee. Um and who knows? I mean, this is a great chance for him to kind of uh, make a like a second first impression for fans. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah, because I mean, I I personally wasn't overly, you know, impressed with him during the the previous tour that he was on. Same here, and I think part of the the reason why we were not impressed was because he's getting all this hype. You know, he's the Will Osprey of Australia. Uh, he's an amazing high flyer. He's this awesome worker. Then you you see him in the uh, the Super Junior Tag League, and you're like, he's all right. Yeah, I mean, he was okay. And, I mean, you know, everybody's got to learn and grow. I mean, Will Ospreay wasn't always Will Ospreay, except he kind of was. Like, yeah, he's improved. But, like, from day one, if you ever watched Will Ospreay, you, even when it was, like, super, uh, you know, rudimentary or, like, when he was a very raw talent, you could kind of see that. Robbie Eagles, I've seen him have great matches before, so I'm not discounting him. But you kind of, at this point, like, you bring him in and you give him an opportunity to kind of showcase himself on that stage. And, um, you know, I don't think that it, he really capitalized on that. Now, I will say him and um, Ishimori had a very good tag match during the uh, Junior Tag League against the team of Liger and Tiger Mask. And um, remember, they beat him with that figure four. That Actually, you know what? That was a reverse figure four, wasn't it? Yeah. That mm-hmm. was the Tanahashi tap out that they beat him <laughs> yeah. with at the time. I, I knew there was someone that did that, and I was trying to remember who it was, and I think it was these guys that had done that. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that came to me right <laughs> right live on the air. But um, there's some of that kind of being played up here. Also, um, obviously, the the next title uh, feud for, for the IWGB junior title uh, – you know, the next junior title feud that's going on is Liger and Ishimori, so this is probably going to build to that. Right, yeah. We, you know, Ishimori called out Liger 
um, at the end of the new beginning in Osaka. Liger has accepted the challenge. The match is official for the anniversary tour. So, yeah, definitely this match is going to be building that up. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah. You know, he told Ishimori you're going to regret calling me out. Dude, Liger wants to smoke anytime, any place. He's ready. He's got the shotes locked and loaded. Yeah, but obviously here I'm going to say, you know, we've, we've got Yuya Yumura out there for a reason. So, you know, I think it's pretty clear that Ishimori and Robbie Eagles are going to pick up the pinfall victory here. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing what, you know, Robbie kind of brings to the table. And, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Eagles will be getting the, the, the fall or submission here over Yumura. Yep, I agree. Then we got the second matchup here. We got Tiger Mask, Toa Hanare, Tomioka Hunma, and Togi Makabe taking on Yota Suji, Ren Narita, Manobu Nakanishi, and Satoshi Kojima. Yeah, so this is a um, pretty eclectic group here. You've got a lot of the old-timers, plus, you know, some of the young lions and Toa Hanare. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, what are your thoughts here? You know, it's an interesting mix here. A lot of the New Japan dads, a lot of the um, top young lions here. Um, it's going to be an interesting mix. It's definitely going to be a, a kind of a test for uh, Suji and Narita going yeah. against uh, kind of that more of experienced team over there on the left. Um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good chance for Toa Hanare to shine as well. We've been seeing him against Young Lions, and he's been kind of excelling and kind of getting better in those matches as well. Didn't he lose uh, a match to Young Lions on the previous tour? Yeah, uh, I believe it was a team of him and Tenzon. They lost to, I believe, Umino and um, Ayato Yoshida, I believe. Yeah, he got beat. Did he get beat or did... Wait, yeah, he got pinned, right? I'm or, trying to remember. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I know his I know his team lost. Yeah, so that's something that's been somewhat surprising to me is, you know, Hanari is a guy that we kind of uh, have been expecting to, you know, sort of excel and kind of ascend up in the rankings here and it's kind of weird because you look at these two matchups and on the one hand I could see him easily being the person picking up the pinfall victory um, but if someone on his team was going to lose he's the most likely I mean I could see him eating like a, a western lariat from Kojima and that being all she wrote so yeah. um, you know I don't know I mean where are we with Hinari when it comes to everything I don't know. I, th- I still think he's in that kind of development stage. Um, you know, he's 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 a great hand in the ring. I just think he needs a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more experience. I know. I definitely think he could benefit from a little mini excursion. You know, maybe send him over to Ring of Honor. A lot of New Japan talent are working there uh, this year. Maybe he could go to CMLL. Yeah, or go to Rev Pro. Something. I think he, I think he needs a little bit something, a little something added to him. There's there's something quite. There's a little something missing. You think maybe it's the gimmick? Maybe, but I've kind of been I've kind of gotten over that because remember we we used to hate the uh, Hanare gimmick when it first started, right? But um, I mean I'm kind of fine with it now. But maybe he does need something a little bit better. I don't think it's necessarily that the the gimmick is something egregious to where I'm like, okay, like this is trash. I don't want to watch it. It's not that, but at the same time, um, it's not. A gimmick that a top guy would have, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I, that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's not that like it. Like I could never see Toa Hanare being the IWGP champion with this gimmick. I, I mean, right now as things stand, I couldn't see him being any sort of champion with this gimmick, and that might be the issue. Mm. You don't even, not even a never never title run right now. Yeah. No, not no. really. Hmm. Well, yeah. Not when not when Will Ospreay is the champion. True. That's true. <laughs> yeah. 
I forgot that the Never title is kind of elevated right now. Um, and, of course, I'm expecting um, Mean Tiger Mask in this match to just be going wild on Narita and Suji. We've seen Tiger Mask just take out his anger and frustration on these young boys. So that should be fun. And then, of course, we have the uh, kind of a little reuniting, once again, of Hanma and Makabe. Um, I think I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with Toa Hanare hitting the Toa bottom on Yoda Suji to get the win for his team. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Suji and Hanare kind of interact once again. That's always good. Um, you know, this should be, fu like, fine and pretty entertaining for what it is, but I am expecting, you know, Togi Makabe's team to pick up the victory somehow, some way. I'm, I'm sure Yoda Suji will be the one eating the pinfall. Yeah. So next up, we have Shota Umino teaming up with Yuji Nagata to take on the Chaos team of Yoshihashi and Tomohiro Ishii. Interesting teams. <laughs> um, I mean, we've seen Umino and Nagata team up before, you know, that, that Lionsgate project uh, connection between them. So that's not that surprising, but uh, uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi, huh? That's an interesting team. You know, obviously, Yano, he's now one-third of the never uh, six-man uh, champions. Um, and he's been teaming with Makabe more than he has Ishii in the last several months. So it's interesting that they've kind of put Ishii with a new chaos guy, Yoshihashi. I think they, they, they picked the wrong one. We wanted Goto, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, there's that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. This has the... this. This could deliver, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, Umino has looked, been looking great in his um, tag matches over the last um, few tours. Definitely getting better. And, you know, he has a Nagata Nagata, you know. He's up there in age, but he's a guy that can still go out there, have a good match, fires up, wrestles that strong style. You know, the interesting thing is we were supposed to get Nagata and Tomohiro Ishii on the uh, USA shows last month, and that obviously never happened due to the visa issue. So... It is interesting that they are kind of re like continuing that, and I guess we're gonna start to get some sort of payoff when it comes to, uh, you know, this feud essentially. And I mean, maybe this might still lead to that uh, singles match that I was really excited about at the time. Yeah, dude, I was. Yeah, I thought that could be a great match. You know, potential strong style fight of the year candidate for our year end awards. Um, so yeah, hopefully that match will come back around. Um, I mean, I, I really loved the, uh, I know it's been a few years now, but I love the Nagata and, um, what's wrong with me? Who, who did he wrestle for the Never title a few years ago? Um, he runs the LA Dojo, the Shibata match. Oh my God. Guys, I am tired tonight. I'm not <laughs> so even I couldn't help lie. you on that one because I have not seen that match. <laughs> yeah, the, the Nagata Shibata series was really, really, really good and it, I think, Aside from that, and then, you know, Nagata had his final G1 run. We've It's been a while since we've seen him in a prolonged, like, uh, singles, you know, program. So, mm -hmm. uh, I think him and Ishii could really do wonders for Ishii at this point. You know, with him kind of being on the back burner ever since, you know, his uh, title challenge to Kenny Omega. He kind of hasn't done much since then. So, this is a, a good way to kind of elevate him and, and put him in something kind of meaningful while he's waiting. Yeah. And I, I see uh, Yoshihashi hitting the um, karma here on Umino, and then you kind of leave Nagata and Ishii not being the ones getting uh, falls on them. Just... I, I'm just impressed right now that you know what Yoshihashi's finishers are even called. <laughs> like, that's super impressive, man. 
I'm a moves nerd, regardless of who it is. So I, I like knowing that, them. That's <laughs> impressive, man. I'm gonna put you over, Big Brother. <laughs> so what are you thinking? You thinking? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a young lion there, so Umino's definitely taking the pinfall, uh, one way or the other. You're probably right. He's probably gonna hit the karma, or as we like to say, the awesome Kong. Uh, <laughs> on Get him uh, out of there for the one, two, three. So. So then next up, we have the number one contenders for the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. Rapungi 3K, Sho and Yo taking on El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Yeah, so this is something that's been, you know, uh, kind of been going on for a while now. Um, Desperado and Kanemaru. You know, taking the titles off Show and Yo a little over what about a year ago, yeah. Um, and then they just dropped those titles at Wrestle Kingdom. So um, we've got basically the top two teams outside of Lij kind of squaring off. They got a lot of history here, um, and Show and Yo were the last you know uh, like team to kind of uh, make their their presence felt and uh, place a challenge to Lij. So in my mind, this almost is kind of gonna kind of serve as like a de facto number one contender match at this point i mean you you could say that but i mean it's already been official that rapungi 3k will be facing lij at the 47th anniversary show gotcha so they already have their title match lock i mean i guess if desperado and kanamaru win here they could insert themselves and we get oh. an oh. <laughs> we get <laughs> oh no we get another triple threat match between these teams but i, I don't think it's going to happen here i think Sho and Yo are finally going to get their big win against these guys because, remember, they've been chasing these guys yeah. all of 2018 and never really got that big win over them. So I think Sho and Yo will get the big win here, and that will build, give them momentum heading into the anniversary show against uh, Bushi and uh, Shingo. Yeah, and, I mean, you do never know. I mean, if, if uh, Suzuki-gun was to pick up some sort of win, then maybe that gives them leverage for a future, you know, shot at Show and Yo, provided they end up winning the belts, you know, on the next uh, at the next big show. I don't know, but I'm gonna go with you. I I do agree. I think it's time for Rapongi 3K to at least get a title shot and do it, you know, separated from um, from Suzuki Goon entirely and kind of get them out of the picture for the time being. So, uh, yeah, Show and Yo. Um, what what's the move that Show does? The package power driver? Yeah, the shock arrow. Yeah, I'm sure he's gonna hit a shock arrow on Kanemaru, and that'll probably be it. Yeah. Either that, or you'll get some sort of crazy roll up. Or they'll hit the uh, the three K. Yeah, or it could be that. So next up, we have Risuke Taguchi teaming up with Hiroki Goto to take on the team of Takamichi Nohu and Zack Saber Jr. <clears throat> yeah. So. Um, we got uh, Taguchi kind of rebounding from his loss on the last tour to uh, Taiji Ishimori uh, at the new beginning in Osaka. He uh, unsuccessfully challenged for the IWGP Junior uh, title. Goto, what's Goto been up to? I mean, we've kind of been waiting. He hasn't really. He didn't really. He wasn't on the last tour because he was supposed to be in the USA, right? Right. So yeah, Goto really hasn't done much. Um, I mean, he was in the the Never Six Man Gauntlet at Wrestle Kingdom. Hoodie Goto. Yeah, Hoodie Goto. Hoodie Goto. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so we had Hoodie Goto, and then um, Taka Michinoku, um, you know, the recent um, resignee of Michinoku Pro, um, kind of making his uh, return with Zack Sabre Jr., and uh, yeah, this should be interesting. I think it's real interesting that we got um, Goto and Zack Sabre kind of squaring off. Zack Sabre, obviously, 
um, lost a singles match to Evil not too long ago, so it's kind of like he's a little bit on the on the downside. And they also lost the tag title match. Yep, yep, yep. They did so. Kind of, kind of regrouping a bit. Goto's kind of regrouping. I mean, all these guys essentially are, especially Taka. Yeah. So I mean, um, this one's real. It's like a crossroads match, somewhat. And I could see Goto and Saber potentially maybe having a match in the New Japan Cup, and maybe this match is to help tease things for that. Maybe potentially. Um, but I, I think Saber. They want to. They, they want to heat him back up, get him back on track. I could see Saber uh, tapping out Taguchi here. Uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. This one's a little bit more up in the air. I gotta say though, I mean Taka is there to take pinfalls, so I mean that could really be what what happens here. Yeah, and uh, Taguchi is one third of the Never Six Man uh, Champions, so maybe it's uh, Taka eating a uh, Ushigoroshi and a GTR. That would that would make sense to me, but. Uh, out of the two, I do feel like you know they had Zach lose a couple matches in a row. It's time to maybe rehab him just a little bit, just ever so slightly. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does pick up the windfall or you know the pinfall here. Maybe a Zach Driver on Taguchi. Yeah. Or yeah, Zach Driver or one of his uh, crazy, crazy named submission holds. Possibly. So the next match, I'm, I'm very interested in this one. We have the dream team of the never open weight champion, Will Ospreay, teaming up with the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, to take on Killer Elite Squad, Davey Boy Smith Jr., and Lance Archer. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. So, you know, Tanahashi just recently dropped the IWGP uh, heavyweight belt to Switchblade Jay White. Uh, we haven't really seen Will Ospreay since uh, New Year's Dash, so he's kind of been overseas um, doing his thing. So kind of getting making his return. Uh, sort of the same thing with with Killer Elite Squad. They they were not on the last tour, so um, and yeah. they they didn't really have they had a successful you know uh, World Tag League, but they were not factored into the finals or anything like that. Right. Uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. has been spending a lot of time in MLW. Him mm. and uh, Teddy Hart are now the MLW Tag Team Champions. Uh, so that's what he's been doing. Yeah, this is um, a very, very interesting match. I mean, on the, when you're looking at what this hypothetically could be, you've got you know two single stars taking on one of the most established... Uh, you know, heavyweight tag teams in the division. And so it really begs the question, what is this for and what is it going to lead to? Exactly. Because on one hand, you would say, well, Killer Elite is the established tag team, so potentially they should win. But they're going against Osprey and Tanahashi, the recently former IWGP heavyweight champion and the current never openweight champion. I have a hard time seeing either one of those guys taking a fall from uh, KES. Well, I mean, if you remember, the last time we saw Osprey and Tanahashi teaming up in an action was in that uh, fantastic match from December where they took on the Golden Lovers, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is really interesting. I kind of thought that'd be the only time we saw Osprey and Tanahashi team up. And so, you know, because that was playing into the singles feuds going into uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So I am a bit surprised that Osprey and Tanahashi are teaming up once again. And, you know, we everyone's kind of wondering what's next for Tanahashi, what's next for Osprey. We're not really getting a, a clue here or anything like that. They're instead putting them in a, um, a pretty high-profile tag team spot. And mm-hmm. I mean, 
you have to imagine Osprey and Tanahashi need to pick up the win, but I don't know, man. I got this weird feeling like maybe they need to reestablish Killer Elite Squad here. Right. And I mean, Tanahashi is still, I'm sure, going to be selling the knee injury That's um, what for, for the match with Jay White. Um, so, yeah, who knows what, I mean, yeah, could, could they potentially pin Tanahashi? The one thing I did think about, and I don't know if it would happen or not, but what if this were to hypothetically lead to some sort of um, miscommunication or something of that nature, and we they build into Osprey Tanahashi off this? Oh, wow. Did not think about that. That would be awesome. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just a really precarious teaming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could be one of those things where it's just two guys and it doesn't, you know, teaming and it doesn't mean anything particular. Or could it could it be that um, all four of these guys are going to be in the New Japan Cup and we're going to tease some matches that we'll see there? That's a possibility as well, yeah. I mean, we don't have a full list of competitors for that yet, do we? No, the bracket's not out. Knowing New Japan, they'll wait until after I hit publish and they'll, <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll release the brackets after that. Uh, so, but yeah, but I mean, these guys, I mean, uh, Dave Boy Smith, Lance Archer traditionally have been New Japan Cup as well as Tanahashi. Um, Osprey, um, he is a champion right now. We don't know exactly what the rules are of the New Japan Cup yet, but seeing as how they've already announced that, you know, the winner is going to get an IWGP title shot, um, they could open the field and put all the champions in there. So this could potentially be Osprey's first New Japan Cup this year. Um, so, yeah, all four of these guys could be in the tournament, and this could be a way to, way to tease it. What's your gut instinct here? Where are you going with this? Um, I'm going to go with the team of Osprey and Tanahashi winning. I'm not sure who gets the fall, um, but I'm going to go with the, those guys in the win. Am I crazy for feeling like Tanahashi might eat a killer bomb? I, I don't think so. I mean... Killer Elite Squad. I mean, if they're, they they got to establish those guys, and Tanahashi is coming off of a uh, title match where he he was heavily attacked, that knee was heavily attacked and injured, um, so he's not gonna, coming into this match a hundred percent. That's all true. However, I still got to ride with the ace, so I'm assuming Lance Archer is gonna take some sort of pinfall here, and we will uh, go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Then we have the main event of the evening, the Takashi Iska retirement match. We have Toriyano, Hiroshi Tenzan, and Kazuchika Okada taking on the team of Taichi, Minoru Suzuki, and Takashi Iska. What what a match. <laughs> what a lineup. What an epic main event. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... Um... We've been getting a lot of teases for the past month or so. You know, Tenzan tried desperately to appeal to Isaka's past and their past as, you know, being a former tag team during the Dark Ages and trying to get the true Isaka, you know, his true self to come out and break the spell of being this crazy wild man. And I think he either wanted to have a match with him or team with him um, in his retirement match. Uh Evidently, that didn't work out, as we saw Iska kind of blast him with a, a steel chair during the last interaction they had. So now we end up with this match, you know, uh, all, you know, Yano and Okada teaming up with Tenzan uh, to take on Iska, Suzuki, and Taichi. And I think it's, um, you know, I I think it's going to be, be entertaining for what it is. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. They're going to use all the smoke, all the mirrors, all the shenanigans, all the gimmicks, and make this one kind of a, a kind of a fun little match here. Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm seeing uh, Okada hitting the Rainmaker on Iska, send him packing, one, two, three. Yeah, and, and I think the conclusion is not really that hard to predict. I mean... Very, very rarely, if ever, do, do they do like the big swan song moment where someone's retiring and they get, you know, a, a big victory. I mean, um, you know, there's only so many Inokis <laughs> that can have <laughs> yeah. their Inoki moment in New Japan. The, the good booking has typically seen, um, you know, these older retiring wrestlers put over the younger talent. So with that being said, I, I'm sure Okada will probably pick up a victory here or something to that nature. I think the big question, the big story is, you know, how is everything that's been happening between Iska and Tenzan going to play out? Right. I'm wondering post-match if something's going to happen where Iska finally reunites with Tenzan. Well, there's even been things online where Tenzan's been, like, visiting this, like, uh, sh- I don't know, like a Shinto shrine or something like that. And alleging that the true character and self of Iska resides there. And so he's trying to, un- and that it's locked up in this shrine. He's trying to break it free and and release him, so that he can be done with being this crazy, you know, individual. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's something that's going to happen during the match or post match, but you've got to imagine that with all the teasing they've done and alluding to all their history, that that it's going to play, you know, factor in and play into the role of this match. Yeah, I I could see post in the middle of the match, referee goes down. Iska grabs the iron glove, looks like he's going to hit Tenzon, goes back to normal, and turns around, hits Tai Chi. So, so basically, this is going to be a Hulk Hogan, Bound for Glory 2011 <laughs> moment. <laughs> That's basically what we're getting here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my god. It's going to be great. So, but the, you know, so we'll probably see how that plays out. I'm assuming Tenzon's team is going to pick up the win. But the, the great thing here will be not the you know the moment of joy when he comes to his senses or when they hug or when everyone comes out brings flowers and, and all that the real moment of joy will be once the broadcast stops <laughs> <laughs> and we never and have- I never have to see Iska on my screen oh my ever God. again <laughs> Well, you never know. He might he might do commentary or something, but that we'll, that's fine. We'll never see him in in a ring. I don't have to see that dude go through the crowd, throw, flailing his arms, trying to bite people, hitting people with the iron glove, coming in the ring and just ch- choking people with a rope, biting people on their head, biting people on their foot, biting people on their butts. I'm <laughs> done with it. I am so done with it. I'm 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 glad. Like I'm so yeah. relieved that Iska is getting out of here. I have nothing but joy. And we have a question here from our buddy Howard Schilling. He said, this one is specifically for Josh Smith. How will Suzuki-Goon ever replace Iska and what he brings to the group? They, they never will be able to, to replace him, Howard. He brings a special level of sub-mediocrity <laughs> to wrestling. It's very hard to replicate that on that level. Um, you know, as far as, as far as crazy characters, I mean... Why would they? Why would you ever do that? You, it, it's something that's literally been so terrible for so long. Um, I, I can't see them ever wanting to do that. <laughs> yeah, see, this is like Suzuki-gun cutting dead weight right here. Basically, yeah. Um, I know. I mean, you know, wrestling's always had their wild man characters. I'm sure some point 
someone else will pop up. But uh, yeah, Iska, you can uh, you can go to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that we we found a way (laughs) to do do the Tony Shabani twice. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh man. Well, that wraps up the New Japan Road. You looking forward to this show? It looks like a banger. <laughs> I mean, there's some... It'll be fine. It, it, it does yeah. look like a fine little Road 2 show. Yeah, I, I think the, the match of the night will probably be Osprey and Tanahashi against KES. Not the Rapongi 3K and uh, Suzuki-Gun match? That could. I guess that they, could. Depends on what kind of match they have. Sure. If if they're if Desperado and Kanemaru come out here and do the, the same Suzuki Goon straight brawling and cheating, it might not. They well, since the beginning of the year, they've been they've been coming to play. You know what I'm saying? Like every match they've had has been really good. So, and not just not just because other guys, but like specifically Kanemaru has been like stepping his game up. Desperado's been great. They've been really good this year already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that'll be New Japan Road on Thursday of this week. And then the next day on Friday, we have the Honor Rising Japan 2019 Tour. With it, This is the uh, annual New Japan Ring of Honor co-promotion show that happens in Cork and Hall every year since the New Japan Ring of Honor partnership has been going. Um, so yeah, let's break this card down. I have not even, I know that they announced this last week, but I haven't even looked at the cards so, yeah, so this will be. So a, it's it's new to me. Like you, you're, you're going to get fresh live reactions from the young boy here. Yeah. On what's happening on these honor rising cards? So uh, the opening contest will be Ren Narita taking on the villain Marty Skrull. They have a 20 minute time limit. I see Narita taking Marty Skrull <laughs> to that limit. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm they not... should call they should call Narita the new excellence of execution. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure if uh, we're gonna be we'll be seeing a time limit draw in this Narita match. Uh, I definitely think it'll be a great um, opportunity for Narita to wrestle uh, somebody with the experience level of Marty Skrull. Uh, however, I see this match as uh, a vehicle for getting Marty over. Uh, we haven't seen Marty since Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, you know, since then he introduced a entirely new stable in. Uh, Ring of Honor. Yeah, Villain Enterprises. Villain Enterprises. He's been proclaiming that all his friends are dead. Um, so, it, you know, this is going to be almost like a reintroduction for Marty. And I don't know what the details of of Marty's current status. I know he signed an extension with Ring of Honor, but I don't know how much of that lends itself to him working New Japan. Like, if this is us, if we're seeing him strictly in a Ring of Honor role. You know, even though he was just in New Japan a few months ago, if, like this is it for him. Well, he was on the, uh, he was he was on the New Beginning, right? Or was he not? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's right. We haven't seen him since the six man tag. Yeah. So, um, you know, very interesting to kind of see that. But yeah, Marty Skrull and Ren Narita should be interesting. You know, we hardly ever get to see a lot of these young lions have, you know, mat- singles matches against, uh, you know, big time, you know, uh, singles wrestlers. And oftentimes, this is the kind of match that they do before they choose to send people out on excursions. Yeah. So I don't. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but it's interesting. We've got Narita and the first match of the night going up against Mario Scroll. And I can't help but notice we got Shota Umino 
in the next match going up against Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. So, very interesting. Yeah, these are going to be two big matches for these guys, like you mentioned. Usually when guys are about to go on an excursion, they get, kind of get these big one-on-one matchups. So, uh, Narita and Umino, I think they are at a point where they are ready for excursion. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going on excursion um, pretty soon. Um, so, yeah, this will be a great test for both of these guys. Yep. Um, obviously, I mean, you'd have to be crazy to do it, pick anything other than Skrull and Zack Sabre going over. But it'll be very interesting to see how Narita and Umino, um, you know, fare in their challenge against these two stars. Yeah. So then next up, the third match of the evening, the octopus, Jonathan Gresham, Rich's favorite wrestler. His arch nemesis. <laughs> yes. Um, we are petitioning for Rich Latta versus Jonathan Gresham at Bloodsport. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Jonathan Gresham is a shooter. Like, I know, I know he's, I know he's smaller. And Rich is like, man, I'll throw his small little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to have to rush in the ring and and fight Jonathan Gresham because <laughs> he's rolling up on my dog. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Jonathan Gresham teaming up with Liger here to take on the Bullet Club team of Robbie Eagles and Taiji Ishimori. Yeah. Um. So. At this point, it's kind of a playoff, the match that probably had happened just the night previous. Um, a lot of the things that we said about that match kind of apply here. The only difference is we don't have a young boy. We got Jonathan Gresham in the match, and um, that kind of changes the dynamics quite a bit. Yeah, Jonathan Gresham is, you know, kind of one of the upper mid-card Ring of Honor talents that's been that's consistently pushed. He had a uh, nice little grapple um, showcase with Zack Sabre Jr. Um, at Final Battle. Not so nice. I mean, f- according to some of the reports, he got like a concussion and stormed out of the building. I don't know how much of all that was true, but yeah. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is is an excellent hand, though, when it comes... To, his style is very different from Robbie Eagles. Um, I, I have a feeling him and Ishimori could really do some excellent things, and... I don't think we've really seen Jonathan Gresham in the New Japan ring. Am I wrong? No, we ha- we have not seen him yet. And I'm wondering if this is going to be the introduction for Gresham for best of the Super Juniors. Last year on Arising 2018, we saw Flip Gordon make his New Japan debut, which was a setup for him being in the best of the Super Junior. I really wouldn't wonder if it is. I think it's very evident that that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I think it's very likely that Jonathan Gresham will be a Ring of Honor uh, representative for the best super juniors as such he should um he's a guy that i would be very excited to see in the best of the super juniors his style of wrestling is one of my favorites it he has a lot of the a lot of the things that i love about say a zach saber but a less a lot less of the transitions with the submissions he's a more uh traditional based you know chain grapple wrestler uh, very reminiscent of like Daniel Bryan in his heyday. Yeah, and you know he does he does pay tribute to Bryan coming out with yeah. that that maroon red and the, that uh, that maroon red robe. Um, so yeah, and and I think I think he'll he'll be great in that tournament. But I think the the real question here is, um, you know, what kind of success him and Liger might have on this night against Ishimori and Robbie Eagles. Yeah, and you know Gresham is a guy, even though he is kind of one of the bigger names in Ring of Honor right now. He does lose a lot of big matches, um, and so I'm wondering here if he would take the fall here uh, from Ishimori to kind of keep Ishimori looking strong going into that title match with Liger, 
Or will they pull a surprise and have Liger pin Eagles? That's a possibility. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the cards for the next night, and I do notice that he's not involved in a match with those same uh, wrestlers. So there's actually a lot of diversity on these cards from what I'm seeing. In fact, I'm not even seeing um, Ishimori or uh, Liger on the on the next night at all. So it does feel like for the um, until we get to the anniversary tour, this is kind of the payoff on this tour for the Liger Ishimori, you know, kind of feud. Um, I'm gonna go with Ishimori and Eagles though. Okay. Um, just because I think that they are going to. I think with what we saw with Ishimori on the last tour, how dominant he was almost the entire time against um, against uh, Taguchi, I think they're going to kind of get uh, kind of going to continue that to some effect, and I think Ishimori is going to pick up a second win here. I'm going to go with Liger and Jonathan Gresham. I think Liger is going to pull up an upset win either over Eagles or Ishimori and build some momentum, make him look like a credible challenger for the Bone Soldier. Interesting. Well, we shall see. But I do look forward to that one. Then we got an eight-man tag with Toa Hanare, <laughs> Tomi Okihanma, David Finley, and Juice Robinson taking on the team of Tangaloa, Tamatanga, Mark Briscoe, and Jay Briscoe. And something I find interesting so weird. about the team of G.O.D. and the Briscoes is traditionally when the Briscoes are in Japan, they are a part of the Chaos stable. But in here, they're teaming with Bullet Club guys. So well, I'm wondering... They haven't been for a long time, though. That's the thing. The last time, last Honor Rising, they, they had Chaos on the Briscoes' nameplates. Yeah, and they had that on the nameplates, but it's just because... New, New Japan doesn't change the nameplate. Like, they don't change graphics very often, or uh, what are they called? The profiles? They don't change the profiles often, but the nameplates, I think they, they keep track of that on the shows. I think I think it's just laziness. Like, Mark Briscoe and Jay Briscoe really haven't been affiliated with uh, Chaos for a long time, but you're, you're absolutely right in the fact that it's strange to see them teaming up with Tamatanga and Tangaloa, who are Bullet Club affiliated. Um, yeah, I just think it's super weird, yeah. and I got a feeling that they're not gonna gel well together. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be an interesting mix. They're they're almost kind of similar in their attitudes, um, and they really don't play well with others. Yeah, the racism, <laughs> <laughs> the xenophobia, you know. Yeah, they, they're very similar. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> shout out to Kyle. I know Kyle hates. Uh, the Briscoes, like so much, like he's he's like, man, I'm not even gonna be watching this. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we've got. I mean, obviously you you've got two heel tag teams together, but I think that this is sort of an issue of two heel teams that have difference of uh, goals and difference of opinions. I I don't think we're gonna see tam- like God and and the Briscoes playing nice. If anything, I think that this could. I could be wrong here, but I I could see a split between these two teams and it caused issues where maybe it even cost them the match and it leads to something down the line between these two teams, which I think is a likely scenario. Yeah, that is possible. I'm also wondering about the potential of maybe even the Briscoes joining the Bullet Club just because, you know, the Bullet Club was kind of a hot thing for Ring of Honor. They don't have it anymore. 
could this be a way of bringing the Bullet Club back to prominence in Ring of Honor? I think that would be a mistake. Uh, I think the Briscoes, I don't know. In and of themselves, I mean, they've got their own legacy, their own brand. They've kind of done their own thing. I mean, it would be like trying to shoehorn two guys into something that they really don't fit into. Yeah. Because they kind of have their own thing going on. Um, They could try that. I'm not saying it's unlikely because Ring of Honor is at a point where they – they're doing well with a lot of the business decisions they're making, but as far as booking, I don't, I, I, I'm not too confident on them just yet, and that's the kind of thing I could see them doing. But to me, it, that spells desperation. I, I don't think it's the right way to go with the Briscoes. The only reason you might want to do it is if you're just like we've had the Briscoes here for so long, we don't know we, what to do. We got to do next. something new. We got to do something new. Yeah. But I don't, I don't see them being hot enough for that brand. To see an uptick in shirt sales or fan interest, do you know what I mean? Like, I really don't see the Briscoes being the vehicle to carry that brand for right. Ring of Honor. So yeah. I don't think that's the way to go at all. Well, I think um, I could see the God and Briscoes team getting the win here, just because Toa Hanare is on the other side and David Finley and Hanma. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. That's that's a possibility. Um, even they, it could be something where they get the win and there's a there's a begrudged issue between them. You know they yeah. they're, they're very wary of one another, even though they pick up the win. I could be off base. They might they might gel completely fine, but you know it, it's felt like in in times past that the Briscoes and Tamatonga specifically have had issues because of their faction affiliation. So um, I do think it's going to be interesting to see. Juice and Dave Finley, kind of, because um, I mean we haven't really seen too much of them since Lifeblood was formed, have we? Not in Japan, but they've been heavily featured on Ring of Honor TV and the Ring of Honor pay-per-views um, since Lifeblood's formed. And so this is being a co-branded event between New Japan and Ring of Honor. I'm sure we're going to see some of that Lifeblood, you know, um, you know, some of that character work and some of that. Uh, you know, branding kind of make its way into New Japan on an official, you know, setting here. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, is like Hanari and Hanma don't necessarily have great ties with Finley and Robinson. You know right. what I mean? Right. So it, you do kind of have four volatile tag teams here mixing it up. Anything could happen. Um, my one thing, though, is like Juice is the U.S. champion. So I wouldn't be too surprised if they try to establish lifeblood by giving them a win over mm. say like a, a mark briscoe or something like that yeah that could happen but i, I think i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with uh god and briscoes um we had a question from our buddy ben schaefer because he had the question for god why and i think he's referring to um tama going back to being a, a bad guy i think that's what he was trying to get at I, I get it. It's hard trying to be good all the time. You, sh- <laughs> you try. You try your best, but then something just makes you snap. And that's what happened. I don't know what the deal was with Tamatanga. Like, they didn't really ever spell it out. Like, if he was just – if him being a good guy was, a, like, a ruse, if it was a play act, if it was for real, mm-hmm. and then he just, like, got turned back to evil – they didn't really clarify. Um, 
But it was entertaining while it lasted, but it didn't lead to anything of any yeah, significance. Yeah, I, I watched the uh, the post-match promo for, I think it was New Beginning in Osaka, with G.O.D. and Tamatonga just saying, you know, uh, nice guys finish last and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if it was just kind of like he was trying to be a nice guy, wasn't working out. He was like, he was like, he was saying, you know, it's all my fault. We've been losing with me trying to be this, this nice guy stuff, and he's like, none of that no more. So I'm just wondering if he, if he was legitimately trying to be a good guy, realized it wasn't working out. He's he's a better bad guy. Well, Ben, I'll tell you this: good guy Tamatong will always have a, a place deep in my heart. But uh, you're right. Uh, good guys finish last, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, it was entertaining for what it was, but it, it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. So the next we have a never-open-weight six-man tag team championship match with the champions, Risuke Taguchi, Toriyano, and Togi Makabe taking on the um, random team here of Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Boom Boom Colt Cabana. Very, um, yeah, all the comedy, man. All the comedy in the world. Like, this is literally going to be a straight comedy match. Oh, yeah, you got you got Taguchi, Yano, Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Colt Cabana in the same match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this... So if you hate comedy wrestling, you, you, you're you not going to enjoy this one. It, it's Yeah, it's been... Um, this will probably be, like, one of the funnest six-man tag title matches since this tour last year. Um, I'm expecting... The MVPs to pick up the victory here, you know, because I can't really imagine Delirious running around with the never open weight six man tag titles. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and Delirious, he he really doesn't wrestle full time. And Delirious is actually he's the booker of Ring of Honor. He just shows up for like these honor rising shows, War of the Worlds. Every once in a while, he'll pop up on TV, but he's mainly uh, behind the scenes. So yeah, I don't see him getting a championship win here. Uh, you know, even though poor Cheeseburger, man, he, he missed out. No no New Japan Rumble. This man just really, really wants a shot. Uh, he wants to make a break here in New Japan. I'm, I'm all for them doing the Rambo once again, just maybe, say, like a Dominion. Mm-hmm. I would love for them to do that. Yeah. And uh, Coco Banner is another guy I can't see really having a championship. He's mainly a commentator on Ring of Honor TV. He still does wrestle um, occasionally, but again, not... This this team here of Cheeseburger Delirious and Colt Cabana, it's not something I, I see full time, especially since um, Cheeseburger has his, his own stable on uh, Ring of Honor TV right now. Uh, what are they, the Jags? <laughs> you, you might as well call them that. It's like the Shinobi Shadow Squad or something like that. That's actually an awesome name. Him, uh, him, Eli Isom, and uh, Ryan Nova, I believe. The third are you guy a Shinobi guy? I don't even know what that means. You never played Shinobi? No. Oh my god. <laughs> like one of the greatest like video games of all time. That's all right. It's all right. I'm not gonna judge you too hard for this. Uh, uh, I'll add that on my to do to do list along with watching Bloodsport, which I still oh have not God. done yet. So uh, the next match is very interesting. We've got uh, Will Ospreay defending the Never Openweight Championship, 60 minute time limit match against Dalton Castle. Now I think this is really interesting on the New Japan. 1972.com uh, website they have this listed as his first defense but per cagematch.com Will Ospreay already defended this title in Rev Pro on January 11th 2019 against Chris Brooks and it was billed as a never open weight championship title defense so what do you think about that? I think that's just some of that kind of miscommunication kind of stuff we were talking about earlier with the nameplates and the roster profiles and not updating 
So this will be the first defense in Japan, unless that's it they, will be, unless that's what they're trying to get at. But technically, it would be the the second defense of the title, um, taking on the uh, former Ring of Honor World Champion Dalton Castle. This man is still a broken down, hot mess, still wearing this back brace thing, dude. We we always talk about Tanahashi needing to go away. Dalton Castle, I know he was away, but like he came back too early, like. He's falling apart, dude. Like, yeah. he's falling apart. Yeah, dude, this guy has been wearing this back brace thing for months now. Um, saw him at the Ring of Honor TV tapings. How was that? <sighs> man, it's just, I don't know. I, he, just, he, he needs to fully heal up, man. Yeah. Unless this is some kind of elaborate work and he's really not. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's definitely not. But, yeah, you know, Dalton, he's one of the more popular and over guys in Ring of Honor. Die-hard Ring of Honor fans love Dalton Castle. Um, he he has a huge fan following. I personally have never really been a, a Dalton Castle mark, but um, I'll never forget that time when we, we made those fans mad at uh, Supercard of Honor last year when we were complaining so hard about Marty Skrull and Dalton Castle going on last. And, yeah, those people next to us, they were Dalton Castle fans, and they, like, freaked out on us. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, Die-hard Honor fans, they love Dalton Castle. Don't get me wrong. I think he, Dalton Castle's fine. I love his suplexes. He has an amateur wrestling background. He does he has some awesome T-bones and Germans. But besides that, I mean, like you said, I've never really been big into Castle. You know, a lot of people like to praise his matches. And honestly, like, I watch a lot of those matches, and I don't, I really don't see much. You know, that, that Jay Lethal match that, um, last year was one of the matches that— It's just HDSers will see whatever they want to see. <laughs> Honor Defense Squad. <laughs> Oh my god! It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you speak reason to an HDS <laughs> and you show them the error of their ways. They're just gonna feel some kind of way. And I mean, they love this guy Dalton Castle. Now, actually, you know what? Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm I'll. I'll be complimentary here. He. Uh, at one point, I felt like he had a gimmick that was world class, something that even could take him to the top. Yeah. Um. And his his amateur wrestling acumen has always been very impressive. I mean, the suplex if. If anything, I'm a huge suplex mark, and I mean, mm-hmm. the throws that he would implement, but as far as being a good wrestler, being a guy who could tell a story, draw you in, you know, and really kind of go in the ring, he's never really been impressive to me in that regard at all. Um, I don't think I can even think of a single Dalton Castle match that I really have liked, um, but things have only deteriorated in recent years, and every time I see him... Uh, you know, that Matt Taven match at the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view I thought was really bad. Some people liked it, but I thought it was very bad. And um, the, the main thing, though, is Dalton's not healthy, you know? Yeah. And um, he is going up against one of the best uh, wrestlers in the world, Will Ospreay. You know, we saw this never title defended last year uh, in a match between Beer City Bruiser <laughs> and Hiroki Koto. Oh, and man. I've got i got to imagine that this match might end up being better than that. Actually, that match was, like, pretty good. It was, yeah. Which was a big shock because that ended up being way better than... Dude, Beer City Bruiser is kind of, like... Low-key good? A low-key, like, underrated talent. I've been... I've always said that, yeah. But, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've ever seen Osprey and Dalton Castle go one-on-one. Um, so... This has potential, but I'm just wondering what kind of potential with Dalton Castle's health. Yeah. I mean, Osprey is going to have to do his best here to um, get a, if he wants to have, you know, a 4.5 and above classic with this guy, 
he's going to pull all stops out, but I do see Osprey uh, retaining the title here against Mr. Castle. Yeah, so that's going to be the first title match of the night. Uh, immediately following that, we have another title match. We have the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Jeff Cobb, defending the title against Hiroki Goto. A rematch, or basically a redo of what should have happened during the New Beginning in USA Tour match. Uh, you know, the match they're supposed to have last month. And also, <clears throat> excuse me, this match was supposed to happen during the Lions Break Tour that's last right. year in um, California. So, so twice. Yeah, so finally, uh, we are getting this ROH TV match with Jeff Cobb and Hiroki Goto. Um, they is, is this a bigger stage than both of those, though? Yes, I think so. So it's kind of like in their interest that it happened. Maybe they maybe they like uh, sandbagged a bit to get to this point. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so finally getting this match, um, they had a never-open-weight title match last year with Goto defeating Jeff Cobb. They did. Um, and that match, it was... It was it was okay, but yeah. it wasn't what we expected. It didn't meet its potential. No, and so we did see some some elements of what could hypothetically have been a great match, and I think that there is every possibility that this will, and it's going to be my pick right now for match of the night on night one, just because of who's involved. Yeah, I think this match it, it always has the potential to be, um, or, you know, a great match, a, a strong style fight of the year contender. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping these guys kind of go out here, kind of go balls to the wall, just start swinging and, um, just have that big hoss match that we know that they can't have. And I'm expecting, um, Jeff Cobb to put away Goto here at the tour of the islands. Yeah, that would make the most sense to me. I expect Jeff Cobb to retain. However, if Goto were to pick up a, a TV title win, that wouldn't be unlike Ring of Honor to do that sort of thing. But I think the... In all likelihood, we're going to see Jeff Cobb get the win here. Yeah, I, I think Cobb's going into MSG as a TV champion. Yeah, most likely. Then um, in the main event, we have a special six-man tag team match. So we have the team of the kingdom, Vinny Marseglia, TKO Ryan, and uh, the ace of that team, Matt Taven, taking on uh, the team that I'm going to dub the Super Friends right now. We've got... Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Pro's own Jay Lethal, uh, Kazushika Okada, the Rainmaker, and the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, yeah, like, that's that's like an all-star team. Like, yeah. That's like when um, Hogan, Savage, Sting, and Luger decided to take on <laughs> decided to take on the Dungeon of Doom in the war games. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, there's no there's no other outcome than, than that outcome. But, um... What do you think is going to happen here, man? I don't know. So, first off, let's, let's talk about the kingdom because I I am let's, not. Let's do a favor to, to us and the listeners. Let's just not talk about the kingdom and move on. <laughs> I wish that was the case. So, we've got to talk about the kingdom here. Um, the kingdom is another one of these acts that diehard Ring of Honor fans love. They love Taven, TKL, Ryan, and Vinny. You know, I, I was just at Ring of Honor tapings um, last or two weekends ago. Um, ROH fans, diehard ROH fans, they love the kingdom. They pop big for those guys. Those guys are over with the Ring of Honor crowd. They're, there's a, a, a subset on Twitter that they, they're diehard. They love these kingdom guys. Personally, I don't like the kingdom, this version of the kingdom. The kingdom I liked was with Adam Cole, baby, um, uh, Matt Taven, and uh, Mike Bennett. Yeah, that, that was a great team. 
Like a really, really great team. Yeah. My my whole thing is this. You know, you talk about these fans that, you know, they're over with. But, I mean, what, okay, I wasn't at – how many people were at that taping? Uh, I'm not good with number estimates. I would say – was, was there more than the last taping that you and I went to? Well, that was a house show that we well, went to. was a house show. Yeah, so there was more. I would say there was more than that house show. Okay. But not as much as when Kenny was there for that, those tapings. Um but even at um, you know, at Supercard of Honor and just other shows that we've been to, and I and I occasionally watch Ring of Honor TV. I've watched all the pay per views. The Kingdom guys are over. Uh, there's no really arguing that with the Ring of Honor fan base. But well, no, no, no. I'm not arguing that. It's it's not that they're over. Whether they're over or not, it's the idea that I don't think that Ring of Honor has the amount of fans or fan base to really say that that even is a significant thing or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? It's not like they're like, are they popular with the people that show up to their shows? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they don't pop the territory the way that like, when you know, the young bucks are coming, people like come out in droves. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're not going to see like huge long lines for autograph signings for the kingdom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're not hot like that. They're just popular with people that happen to follow the television product, which doesn't tell you much of anything here. Um, and I don't know why we're bearing the, the kingdom in this moment. It's just I personally don't like. Them. I don't like them either. I like think, I think they suck. Like Matt Taven, like I, I he doesn't do it for me. And I hear one. I think Matt Taven's pretty good. Uh, he, he's I don't know. He's hit or miss for me. Like I think he's like the I think he's like an, an incredibly adequate wrestler. I think like. I've never really seen Matt Taven do anything bad or have a bad match, but there's nothing spectacular about him whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he's just been fine for me, but people kind of try to elevate him to some kind of great hand. You know, I, I've been hearing things about his his work in CMLL. Personally, I haven't seen it, but from what I've seen in Ring of Honor, like you said, he's good or just kind of adequate, fine. You know, he, For me, he was better in a tag team when he was with Mike Bennett. Yeah, and Mike Bennett's another guy I don't really like in a one-on-one in the singles role either. You don't like the miracle? No, I don't like the miracle. I don't like <laughs> Mike Kanellis. Uh, you know, whatever singles role he has, I'm not. I'm not a fan of. I preferred both of those guys when they're in a team here. And then uh, you know, Vinny Marsalia, the you know the axe guy with the red balloons. You know, really don't care for him. TKO Ryan is a guy. I feel like he has potential, um, but again, I really haven't seen much of him in a singles role, so I'm not sure there. I mean, I would definitely defer to your judgment. You follow this product a little more closely than I do. Um, but they are the hottest trio act in the company. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are the six-man tag title holders, right? Yes, they are the, uh, the Ring of Honor six-man champ, uh, tag champions. Also, kind of going into this match, um, coming up for their 17th anniversary show, right. Jay Lethal will be defending the Ring of Honor world title against Matt Taven. There was also a, uh, a big angle at the TV tapings where – uh, so Taven's been claiming that he's the real champion. He had his own uh, fake purple belt. Well, Lethal destroyed uh, Taven's belt at the tapings, um, so it no longer has that fake purple belt. So the lot, there's a lot of heat with uh, Lethal and Taven. But, um, yeah, and it's interesting because these guys will be facing off um, on the next night on Honor Rising. Lethal will be defending against TKO Ryan. So I'm wondering here if TKO Ryan somehow gets the pinfall to uh, kind of build up that match. That seems like a possibility. I also think it's a possibility that they do something dastardly post-match to basically build heat towards the uh, the title challenge the next night. 
yeah, yeah, I have a hard time seeing Okada and Tanahashi lose to the kingdom. Um, yeah, but then at the same time, it's like the kingdom is one of the, like you said, one of the most overacts in, in Ring of Honor. Yeah. So they might want to give them a visual victory over three big stars like this to try and, and I think it's not possible. I think it's a futile attempt if they try to do this, but to try and paint them in the picture, in the light that they are a bigger deal than they actually are. Yeah. Especially given the fact that, you know, just a little over a month and a half or maybe like two months from now is the um, Madison Square Garden show. And you got to factor, you know, figure that this, these three guys are one of their bigger acts who are probably yeah. going to be featured. And maybe Matt Taven could potentially be going into that show as the Ring of Honor champion. Possibly. Uh, but I, I'm going to go with uh, with Lethal Okada and Tanahashi winning. And then, like you were kind of mentioning, Kingdom jumping them afterward and kind of trying to take them out afterwards. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with the Super Friends team here. Just because, um, and may, you know what, this is the Mega Mega Aces. <laughs> got three Aces. This is the Lethal Aces. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, and then I, I'm going to assume that the kingdom does something evil and dastardly to draw the ire of Jay Lethal afterwards. So so that's night one. Night two will be happening the next night, uh, Saturday, February 23rd, opening up with six-man tag action with the Young Lion team of Yota Suji, Ren Narita, and Shota Umino taking on that uh, ragtag team of Cheeseburger, Delirious, and Colcabana. Yeah, so this should be uh, you know pretty interesting. Uh, I obviously I love the Young Lions, so seeing them take on outsiders from another company is always fun to do. Um, with that being said, it's pretty clear that the Ring of Honor team um, will be picking up the win here. Now you got to figure though, hypothetically speaking, if they were to win the titles the night before, this match could maybe possibly turn into a never six man tag team title defense. Yeah, it possibly could. In alternate universe, there's somewhere there is a future where Suji, Narita, and Umino are reigning six man <laughs> tag team champions. Oh my gosh. Uh we have a question here about Umino from uh Reddit user Senior Sombrero 3K. He says with Umino and Yoshida in the tag league and wrestling against Evil and Sonata at New Beginning, do you think is an indication that both will be heavyweights when they hit the main roster after a likely excursion? No, I do not think that. Um, I think that's a great question, but we've seen this from a lot of uh, wrestlers in the past who ended up being, like, take uh, Hiromu, for instance. We've seen Hiromu, um, before he went on excursion, wrestle heavyweights and then turn around and still be a junior. Um, that's not to say that Narita and Umino won't be heavyweights, but I don't think that them taking on heavyweights. Well, he said uh, Umino and Yoshida. Not I'm, Nur- I'm sorry, Umino and Yoshida. Um, I don't. I don't think that seeing them take on heavyweights is necessarily a clear indicator of what they will or won't be, mm-hmm. um, especially given Umino's body type. Yeah, um, Yoshida's tall though. Yoshida's tall. I could see him. Being heavyweight, especially if he puts some muscle on, I could see both of them being heavyweights. I'm not, I'm not detracting from that whatsoever. Yeah, I just don't think that who they wrestle as a young lion is ever really a clear indicator of what they're going to wind up doing at all. Yeah. I don't think you can use that as as a uh, key reference because it's never proven to to have been the uh, the case in the past. Yeah, um, but no, I think Umino could hypothetically. I think we're seeing him put on muscle now. Yeah. At, at, yeah, Umino, 
if you look uh, back to when Emil started to now, he's definitely gained a lot of size. So, I mean, he, they could both be heavyweights, but I just don't think who they've wrestled as Young Lions is ever really a key indicator of that sort of thing. Yeah. All right, so the next up we have a tag match with Toa Hanare teaming up with Jonathan Gresham to take on Takamichi Noku and Zack Sabre Jr. So the rivalry between Sabre and Gresham will be uh, kind of re-sparked here in this tag match. Yeah, so, I mean, you got to figure. Um, I'm assuming Zack Sabre's picking up the win here. I mean, I I just see Toa Hanare probably trying to bite off more than he can chew and you know, getting getting beat here. Uh, yeah, but you know, also you know, we got, we got Taka. He's a, he's another fall guy. Um, you know, and Gresham did lose to Saber uh, during final battle. Um, Rich is going to hate me for this one, but I, I think I'm going to go with an upset of Gresham tapping out Taka. That's a possibility, but Toa Hinari is there, and he's a loser. <laughs> he's getting beat. <laughs> That's what's happening. Oh my gosh. Uh, the next match after that, we have a singles match. Uh, the villain, Marty Skrull, taking on uh, Robbie Eagles. Yeah. So this is interesting because Marty is a former member of the Bullet Club. And now he's a top star in Ring of Honor, the head of his own villain enterprises, taking on you know the, the newest junior member of, of the OG Bullet Club, Robbie Eagles. Uh, kind of an... An extension of the um, elite taking on the OGs sorted, you know, deal. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I think this match is going to be designed to get Robbie Eagles over. Right. I mean, we don't know. You know, I've been hearing all kind of different dates on when exactly Skrull's contract extension ends with Ring of Honor. So I have no idea if he's going to be around for Best of the Super Juniors. But um, I expect Eagles to be in the Best of the Super Juniors this year. And so they're, I have a feeling they're going to use this match to get Eagles over and elevate him um, to make him look like a, like a top star in the junior division. You think we could be seeing a, a Robbie Eagles pick victory here? Yeah. You think so? Yeah, I'm going with Eagles, yeah. Oh, wow. No, I got to go Marty Skrull. He's getting the uh, the chicken wing. He's a top, top guy when it comes to Ring of Honor. Um, I think that there's every possibility that he could be a champion come, you know, uh, like a, a title challenger come uh, super card time. So, And he also has a, you know, a future NWA heavyweight championship match in April with Nick Aldis. Yeah, I think, I think you're seeing your classic Ric Flair sting clash the champion situation here. You know, an established top star taking on the young upstart. But, uh, you know, Marty's not, Marty's not doing the job to Eagles here. I mean, he could... Because it's Marty, but if they want to do something with this guy, they they need to push him. So I think Robbie should look great in defeat, but it should be all Marty here. Yeah. You know, I'm a big Marty Skrull fan, and I would love to see him go over, but I just feel like New Japan, they're, they're going to kind of want to move away uh, fully from those elite guys and just show that their new Bull Club junior is better than Marty and try to elevate him and make him look a, a star going into best of super juniors. And I think if Ring of Honor let New Japan do that, then they're idiots, basically. <laughs> they're like, that should not be happening. That, that To me, that's a clearly bad booking decision. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you can always recover from that sort of thing. I mean, it's one loss and you can move on, but Marty shouldn't be taking singles pinfalls right now to almost anybody, I don't think. Mm. 
Well, I, I have seen him take some questionable pinfalls on Ring of Honor TV, so. Really? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see him get, take an L here. Huh. So the next match, we have Will Ospreay teaming up with Hiroki Goto, uh, taking on the team of Dalton Castle and Jeff Cobb. So, you know, we're seeing the two title challengers from the night previous taking on the two uh, defending champions. And at this point, anything could have possibly happened. Dalton Castle and Jeff Cobb could be, or I'm sorry, Dalton Castle and Hiroki Goto could be champions at this point. We could have seen a whole, you know, switching of the two belts. Right, or you can have... You know, Osprey and Goto with both belts, or Castle and Cobb with both belts. Right. Uh, but yeah, I still I think we'll see both champions retain coming into this matchup here, um, and I I think it, this is a tough one. Yeah, this is a, a tough one. I, but I think the Chaos team of Osprey and Goto get the win here. Um, I think Goto's jobbing. Hmm. Think he's gonna eat another tour of the islands. Maybe Dalton Castle beats him. Mm, bangerang. Maybe a bangerang. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I s- Maybe this is a DQ. Maybe like they get they all get attacked or something like that. Uh, maybe I don't know. I I see. You could go with the classic 1980s double double DQ <laughs> double countout. The the young boy special. The young boy special. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, th- I think Osprey and Goto will remain or uh, win take the win here. Bro, you have a New Japan bias. <laughs> I picked some Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor guys, haven't I? Yeah, against I, Young Lions. No, I, I picked I picked Gresham to tap out Taka. That's because you think he's coming to New Japan. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just I just I gotta figure like Dalton Castle is a big star in New Japan, and I, or I'm sorry, Ring of Honor. It's hard for me to imagine him getting beat twice, or for Jeff Cobb to get beat at all. Um, Goto just seems right for the picking. Like, that's what Goto does. He yeah. loses. <laughs> He's a loser. <laughs> um, I mean, you could be right. You could totally be right. But I don't know. Dalton Castle's a pretty big st- – I mean, he's like one of their like top three guys. He is, but standing across the ring from him is Will Ospreay. So. And Goto. <laughs> Goto's going to lose. I'm telling you. I'm hey, telling hey you. it could happen, but I don't know. I'm going to place my bets with uh, – Osprey. All right, bro. And well, no, no. You're placing your bets with Osprey right. and Goto. <laughs> Don't forget that. Uh, so we have another tag team match following this. We have the Lij Dream Team of Shingo Takagi and Tetsuya Naito taking on members of the Kingdom, Vinny Marsalia and Matt Taven. Well, uh, Shingo Takagi is gonna uh, pump bomber Vinny Marsalia, and that's that'll be it. <laughs> Let's move on to the next match. <laughs> yeah, you know, Ring, Ring of Honor, our New Japan bias. <laughs> well, Shingo's def. I mean, Shingo hasn't lost a ma- like. Has Shingo lost a single match? No. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you, but you know, the Kingdom, they're 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 big stars. You know, they they gotta go over. They have to get some shine. You know, not over Shingo. <laughs> Shingo's a big deal, bro. Oh uh, yeah, Shingo and Naito are big deals. Yeah, and I ha- I can't see. You know, these, king, these kingdom bums beating these guys. Yeah, that would be egregious. So that's definitely not happening. Um, the next match we're getting in the middle of the card, not at the top. At the sixth match of the night, Jay Lethal is defending the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship against TKO Ryan. My God, what a barn burner this is going to be. 
This is gonna be your your classic slobber knocker right here. This is gonna be a war. Well, you know this this could be a breakout match for TKO Ryan. You know he spends a lot of time doing tag work with Vinny. So yeah, I mean this could be the chance that TKO really needs to kind of. Um, get some shot on him and to break out from those other kingdom guys. When it comes to award season and a match like this happening, is this going to count as a New Japan match? A Ring of Honor match? Both? We got Jay Lethal and TK Ryan wrestling in a, what, is this going to, like, could this hypothetically be a New Japan match of the year contender? I don't think it's... Provided it delivered, could it hypothetically be... I, think, I know, I know, it won't. But I'm just asking. Like, I think so. I mean, this is like a co-branded show. All right, Jay Lethal, TKO Ryan, M O T Y C. <laughs> yeah, mark it down. I don't think do it's, not miss this one. I don't think it's gonna get on that level. It's I, for a world title. <laughs> I, I think it'll, it'll be a chance for TKO to break out. But it is TKO. He's a tag guy in the kingdom. He's never really done much singles in Ring of Honor. Held any single championship. Jay Lethal is the longest reigning uh, Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. I think cumulatively, yeah, and with not, not for a single reign, yeah, and with you know the 17th anniversary coming up with him defending against Matt Taven and the program they're doing there, I don't think it would make quite much sense for TKO to get the win here. So, seeing our our Tampa Bay pro friend here, Jay Lethal, get the win. This is gonna be sorry. <laughs> it's gonna be sorry. It's gonna be like three stars if that, and then. You know, they'll do something to forward the whole thing with Lethal and Matt Taven. And that will be that. So, I mean, um, I'm not really looking forward to this at all, believe it or not. Shame. Lethal Lethal should, should be in a better spot than that. Uh, the next match of the night, we have the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Sonata and Evil, defending their titles against the challengers, G.O.D., Tangaloa, and Tamatonga. So, I'm going to assume that. I'm going to take back my, my – I don't remember what my prediction was, but I'm going to assume that Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and the Briscoes win on the night previous because they're challenging for the titles just the next night. So yeah. um, what, what what are we seeing here? What what well, What is this going to – oh, my God. We're getting this match again. Yes. We're getting this match <laughs> again. Uh, and it feels like Tamatanga is ready to pick up the get the belts right back. Yeah, it does feel like that. Um, you know, I've been on this whole kind of thing. You know, they they want Evil and Sonata to be like the quote unquote, you know, top Japanese tag team and give those guys a long run. But with Tama recently turning back to a bad guy and um, getting back to his roots, and it seems like like you said, they're getting ready to push God again. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got a title change here. There's not a lot of titles on this tour that I think are even going to change hands. So this kind of feels like it could be uh, a title, you know, victory. Now, one thing, I am kind of glad that they are, we're not doing long stretches between title defenses, you know. Mm -hmm. We always talk about how we want to see the heavyweight division kind of see a resurgence. So it's kind of cool that we just saw them defend these belts and they're going to defend them again. Um, but I I got a feeling it's going to be G.O.D., man. I don't know. I'm going to stick with kind of my gut on what I've been thinking about Evil and Sonata, and I'm going to go with Evil and Sonata retaining. I just think G.O.D. is going to win, and then, you know, a few months from now, L.I.J. will win it back, and then a few months after that, G.O.D. will win it back. And then, and then they'll have a triple threat with K.E.S. And Yeah, and K.E.S. will never get the belts. It'll just, like, G.O.D. will get them back, or L.I.J. We'll do, like, five title changes this year between these two teams. They'll just trade it back and forth. 
and then you know they'll be able to be like we're eleven time <laughs> World Tag Team Champions, and they'll go into the Hall of Fame. It's better than the Road Warriors. Better than the Road Warriors. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my gosh! But uh, we have another tag title match as the main event of this show. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships will be on the line as the champions, the Briscoe Brothers, Mark and Jay, defend against Finn Juice, Lifeblood, David Finley, and the IWGP US Champion, Juice Robinson. Oh, you know what? I gotta take what I said back earlier. Let's take it back again. I'm sorry. But if Finley and Juice are challenging the Briscoes on this night, then they need to look strong going into the title defense. My original pick was right. Mark Briscoe's losing the eight man. The eight man on the first night. Sorry about that. That makes more sense. Duh. Um, this is. We'll talk about these cards here in a second, but yeah, let's talk. I guess let's just talk about this match. It's just interesting that this is the main event to top off the whole entire Honor Rising card. I mean, this is a far cry from. Um, Golden Lovers taking on Cody and Marty Skrull. Like, this yeah. is a far cry from that. But again, I'm, I'm actually, I'm kind of not surprised. I mean, they're really pushing lifeblood hard in Ring of Honor. They're trying to make that stable one of their top acts. Those guys are featured heavily on the TV. Briscoe Brothers, one of the best tag teams in the world, one of the best tag teams in Ring of Honor history. Um, I think it's great every once in a while to have tag titles in the main event scene. And I think we're going to see a big title change here, and Finley and Juice are going to pick up those tag titles. I'm just going to go Briscoes because I don't really watch this show enough, and the Briscoes are the Briscoes, so I'm just going Briscoes. Gotcha. I really don't have a – I can't like make an educated enough decision about all this. Yeah. I know I like Finley and Juice. I think they had a good run during the, uh, the um, World Tag League as far as – having entertaining matches but i gotta tell you nothing about this match is enticing or intriguing to me really from like a fan standpoint in fact this whole card really the first night is a lot more interesting to me than the second night the second night doesn't do much for me at all yeah i I think this this girl and eagles match could could be a a breakout match um i think tko ryan he could, if he can deliver here, he can have a good little match with Jay Lethal. Um, who knows? Maybe Lij and God can pull something out. Um, but I, I, I do think the lifeblood against the Briscoes. I do think that's good, has the potential to be a really, really good match. It, it may. It's just looking at the first card. You've got you know the the Mega Aces and the six man tag, and then you've got two singles title matches that you know for what they are, are pretty interesting looking and. You know, everything else kind of feels like it's paced very similarly to a traditional New Japan like Road to Show, whereas the second night doesn't really have that vibe to me. It kind of just feels all over the place. Like, I don't know why Shingo and Naito are taking on the kingdom other than they just show up in, in Ring of Honor all the time. Robbie Eagles and Marty Skrull doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Like, this just feels sort of really, like, hodgepodge, like, kind of thrown together. Um, and I think it's, I mean, you got the world, the, the Ring of Honor World Championship on the sixth match of the night, which it's fine, but it's against TKO Ryan. It, 
it's very evident that that's just something to forward the Matt Taven title title shot for later in the month. Right. This doesn't really. This isn't like the sexiest card I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Or anything like that. They they're not even close to being as good, in my opinion, to the honor rising shows from last year. Yeah. And I think a lot of that probably does have to do with no elite. Yeah, and um. And among and other guys too. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the newer signees are not on here. No PCO, no Roosh, uh, no Bandito. Uh, yeah, that's something I'm very surprised. I, I, when I was expecting, well, who's going to come over? I was like, oh, we're getting all these these new, you know, signed dudes, but we're getting a lot of the regular players. And um, yeah, it's funny because people are always talking about, well, you know, Ring of Honor. You know, doesn't have anybody. And then we have to be. You have to be quick to remind them, like, oh no, they just added a bunch of guys. They got this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. And it's like, oh wow, they got a lot of people. And then you look, and it's like, well, they got Cobb. They brought Cobb. You know, they brought Skrull. Yeah, there's some talent that they brought, but it's a lot of the regular players. Um, I don't know. This to me doesn't feel like a way to put your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. The other thing too is like, this is going to be one of the the last. Um, I know they're running tours before the G1 Supercard, but for new for New Japan fans and for people that subscribe to the network, this seems like your prime opportunity to build things and plant seeds for things that are going to occur down the line. This doesn't. This is not the way that you build intrigue or entice people to wanting to watch that show. Like this doesn't build to that at all, in my opinion. Which, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think they're trying to build to MSG off this card. That's the problem. Yeah, they should be. Yeah, they should be. I'm not saying like it should be direct, but they should at least be planting seeds, be planting seeds, and setting things up. And instead, it just feels like a card, yeah. you know. And um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that excited or that impressed. I'm, I don't mean to be a downer, but that, that's kind of, I gotta call it like I see it. Like this doesn't feel like they're putting their best foot forward. Yeah, or worse. Maybe they are putting their best foot forward, and that's a problem. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, so we'll see how these cards go out. Uh, we have some questions here. A uh, question from Reddit user Zach Saber Time. He says, what's next for the U.S. title? It feels like it doesn't even exist. They made lifeblood, but it doesn't translate to Japan. Does it really mean anything? I think Ju- Juice needs a singles wins in Japan in front of the NJPW crowd. Yeah, so, I mean... Um, you know, your U.S. champion will be on this this tour. Um, he'll probably be carrying the belt, but there there's nothing that is really establishing him as, you know, the U.S. champion here in Japan. We haven't even seen him have a title defense yet. Now, you can make that, uh, you know, criticism, but at the same time, until this tour, we haven't really seen... Um, uh, uh, Will Osprey either, right? You know, so it kind of does feel like that. Both of those titles are kind of like in the back of your mind. It's you know we we haven't really seen them, but the difference here is Juice isn't gonna be defending the belt, and we don't really have an indication of when the next title defense might be. It might not even be till after the New Japan Cup, or you know maybe the Road Two after that. I don't know. It's yeah, he's got a good point there. Yeah, um, you know, there was a U.S. title defense at the new beginning in USA. Obviously, with that show is on demand. It's not, as far as I know, it's not up on New Japan World yet. Um, so, yeah, I definitely do think we, we need to see some more. We need to see some juice defenses, and we need to see juice kind of shining in singles role in New Japan. Yep. 
Uh, Zack Saber Time also had another question. He says, "What do you guys think of Naito and Jay White not being on the Honor Rising tour or the Iska retirement show?" I think Jay doesn't need to be there because he has no challenger, but I think Naito should be there heading into New Japan Cup. Well, Naito is on one night of the Honor Rising tour, um, but not on. He's not on the first night, and he's not on the Iska retirement tour or uh, retirement show. Yeah, it, it does seem like Lij is taking a bit of a break. We will see them on the one night. Um, the second night of the Honor Rising tour, but we're not going to be seeing them on the other two shows. Um, and I mean, that's just how things are in New Japan. Things are cyclical. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, you know, Jay White was on the all the tours that have been happening since. I mean, what he, was he in? Was he on the Fantastic Mania tour? No. no, he was not. But I mean, he was on the he was on the last tour. So I mean. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it does seem like I don't really have an opinion. It's just things. That's how things are in New Japan. They're cyclical. I don't really have a strong opinion about about it at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't have a strong opinion. I don't know how <laughs> how to answer that. Right, and like, if they're not really going to do anything with Jay White, set something up. Like, why use him? There's not a strong uh, Bullet Club presence really on this tour. Right. I mean, you have God and. Uh, Eagles and Ishimori. Yep. But there's no Fale, no Jay White, no Gato. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next, thank you for the question. Next question from our boy Muzza underscore forty four. Would you want to see Brody King and PCO in the World Tag League? I don't want to see the World Tag League at all. <laughs> uh, but but we know it's it's going to happen. So allegedly. They might they might change their minds. They might be like, "This isn't working out. We're gonna we're gonna stop this after all these years." <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think Brody King and PC. I mean, I think that that actually is a pretty long shot of a team to come to Japan and work that long arduous tour. And after this past tour, I've given up hope on hoping for these cool, you know, outside teams to show up. We're not getting that. We're getting you know, Makabe and. You know, Yano and Yano, like we're getting teams like that. Like I'm, you know, you get excited, you see guys teaming up, and then you you wind up with like uh, just whoever, you know. So yeah. I actually I would love to see Brody King and PCO in the World Tag League, but I bet you they won't be. Yeah, I would love to see them too. I mean, this man PCO is a mad man. This man is taking. Apron bunch from the top every night on every Ring of Honor show he's on. This guy has been killing it. You know, Brody King's another great worker. So, and they've been gelling really well together as villain enterprises. So yeah, I mean, if it's, I would love to see them. Like you said, we don't don't know 100 percent sure if it's going to happen, but we don't even know if they'll be working together come December. True. Yeah, villain enterprises will probably be over by then. Oh no, I'm talking about New Japan and Ring of Honor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, had another question. He says, if Hanma was to get 100%, would you want him in tournaments like the G1, New Japan Cup, and World Tag League? Hypothetically, yes, but that will never happen. Even if he is 100%, honestly, I don't think I would want to see him in any of these tournaments. Maybe the World Tag League, but a G1 or New Japan Cup. Hanma was incredible in the G1s before his, his injury, though. Yeah, but I just feel like there's just so many more talented workers right now that could be potentially in that in a, in a G1 spot. No. No, if he was 100%, he'd have to absolutely be in the G1. Like, he was incredible the last few years. 
And I don't think that there are a lot of people that are significantly more talented than than Hanma was in that role prior to his injury. The, but the reality is he's never going to be 100%. It's never, ever, ever going to happen. Um, the fact he's even wrestling is both a miracle and also crazy. Mm-hmm. So, no, I, I don't think we're going to see him in these tournaments. But, I mean, would I love to? Yeah, it's the same way where, like, if you ask me, would I like to see Shibata in these tournaments if he was 100%? Yeah. But you know what? I don't think he's ever going to be 100% either. That man says he's coming back. He's going to die in the ring. He's training. He's getting ready. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know he is. And I'm telling you, if he comes back, like, I, I'm not wishing that on him, but it's really scary stuff. Uh, next question comes from Reddit user Undoubtedly Dean. What are your favorite matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling that generally don't receive much recognition? Well, I mean, right off the top of my head, Young Line matches come to mind, and specifically the series between Ren Narita and uh, Yagi. And yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That world, that uh, was Young Lions Cup uh, match from December. Both matches they had that match, but the. Both matches between Yagi and Narita, where they went to the time limit, are incredible. Like, but, incredible. But that incredible. first one, though, from the the, the the thing is, I think both. I think that at the time when we watched the second one, we thought the second one was better, but then we never went back and like rewatched them. Mm-hmm. And as time went on, the first one like still sits in my mind a little bit more. Well, that first one opened our eyes. Like, I don't know. I, personally, I didn't have high expectations. For the Young Lions Cup. Me either. And, or, you know, a pairing of Yagi and Narita. But they went out there and freaking killed it. Yeah, I just, I don't know specifically which match actually is better because I haven't rewatched them like that. But both matches, I remember being significantly better than than any Young Lion match that I could remember seeing for years. So those really, really stick out to me. Um,. Are there any other, like, New Japan matches that, just in general, that you think are really good that kind of didn't get, like, you know, a lot of, like, praise or a lot of, like, acclaim? I mean, the only thing I can think of kind of based off of, like, our... I think there's a lot of matches. Off of our year-end voting, I feel like a lot of people forgot about the Osprey and Skrull series and how great... All their uh, junior title matches were last year. Um, I really enjoyed a lot all of those Osprey Girl matches, and I feel like people kind of brushed those over. Those matches, yeah, those ma- I, but I don't know if people didn't remember as much as just like it didn't. I thought it would be. I thought they were gonna. I thought the the fir- the one from March of last year was gonna be the junior match of the year, and it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like tournament matches that kind of stick out to me that were great for different reasons that maybe didn't get, you know, match of the year like uh, looks. For instance, the match between Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. Mm, yeah. was really excellent. Um, that had like a total world of sport sort of vibe to it. Um, I really loved the match between Kushida and um, I believe it was Sho. Oh, from uh, Best Super Junior? The best Super Yeah, juniors. that grapple match I had, yeah. Yeah, I really liked that. Um, I'm sure there's other matches. I mean, historically, there's a lot of great matches. I think, uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of people kind of come around to, like, the Dark Ages now, all these Inokiists who have 
kind of started to find like Murakami matches and Kendo Kashin matches that they really do vibe with that people sort of forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. I know there's a lot of 80s matches that are kind of under the radar just because people don't watch that stuff as much. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a, always a bunch of, I'm sure there's a bunch of matches that. Favorite, but he asked what are our favorite, favorite matches yeah. in New Japan that don't receive much recognition. I love the Cody and Kota Ibushi match from Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, what was that, 12? Yeah. I love that match. Yeah. That, I, I think that match. Yeah, I mean, that's one of Cody's best one-on-one matches post-WWE. Yeah, and I think people liked it, but I think I love, I think I the kind of recognition I give it is a lot higher than most other people. Um, I don't know. Do you have any matches like that that you just like really like that are not as heralded? Nothing's really coming to mind right now. I feel like the majority of the the matches I like are usually universally kind of praised. I mean, the only stuff like the, the, when I was, when I read this question, the, the Yagi and uh, Narita match was the first thing that came into my mind. Me too. Um, yeah, so. I can't praise that match high enough. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to jump into the news. Um, first thing here, this kind of broke last week when we were recording. We weren't a hundred percent sure. Of all the details, but we have some more information from the Wrestling Observer newsletter, and it's about Kota Ibushi. Uh, uh, coming from the Wrestling Observer, it says Kota Ibushi has signed an exclusive multi-year contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. President Harold May pushed very hard to get this deal completed. With him now under contract for a long time, there will be no hesitation to push him to the top level. And we have a question here from Reddit user Lee Ibushi. What do you guys think of New Japan Pro Wrestling? What do you th- what do you think New Japan Pro Wrestling did to get Ibushi under contract? Why do you think Ibushi signed? So many variables and factors to think about. Uh, what do you think? Uh, well, that's a different question. Let's talk, cover the Ibushi question. So yeah, so what do you think about uh, Ibushi signing? And what do you think they did to get him under contract? I think I think the real question is, what did Kenny Omega do to Ibushi? Oh, to make him so mad that he decided I'm gonna sign. With this company. Hmm. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I mean, what did they do? I mean, um, I think that hypothetically, though, mentioning Omega is not necessarily out of the realm of speculation when it comes to why he may have signed. You know, this is a guy who there's a whole, you know, long history, long backstory as to their history, you know, with one another through multiple promotions, you know, and you can look into that. There's uh, Showbuckle has a great, great, great video on that. But, you know, in recent years, ever since the ascension of Kenny, he has kind of played a second fiddle. And it has been something where it's like, yes, we've been waiting for a while for Kota Ibushi to sign a deal so that he could hypothetically be pushed. But at the same time, too, you kind of wonder with the amount of top guys that they've had in the company has it has it also kind of been a possibility that maybe he's been overshadowed by some of those guys and that there wasn't a spot for him Mm -hmm. and now with this second exodus of wrestlers leaving the company he saw an opportune moment to be like okay this is my opportunity this is my time with these guys leaving where i could fill those voids fill that vacancy um that's one that's one speculation i'm not saying that's what it is it's one thing i'm thinking i think the truth is nobody really knows 
what happened to cause him to sign the contract. Maybe they threw money at him that that they never were willing to in the past. Right. Yeah, I mean, with you know Kenny gone and those elite guys gone, I'm sure that freed up the uh, the payroll to offer him a big deal. That yeah, I mean, the only thing is, is um, Abushi has always seemed to me. And I, everyone has a price. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> everyone has a price, but um, he's never seemed like someone who's been strictly motivated by money, but more by the creative and by the art of of everything. So I mean, there are things that New Japan could have promised him in his contract. You know, variables that we don't know about, whether it's certain number of dates, certain number, maybe different creative freedoms, things like that. Um, I, I don't I really don't know I would we would have had to have been in those um, negotiating rooms with them to kind of figure out what it was, but something did change. This is a guy who was unwilling to sign for years and years and years, and then suddenly he's locked down for multiple years, and you got to imagine that we're not going to be talking about a big four anymore, but like maybe a big five now. Yeah. Because this and Kotobushi has always felt like he could be one of the top top guys, but this has always been that that you know thing that held him back, that thorn in his side, and now it's kind of gone, and so the sky's the limit for him. Yeah, I mean this is going to be a great thing for New Japan, a great thing for Kotobushi's future in the company. Um, like you mentioned, you know the con not having a contract has always been kind of reported as the key factor to why Ibushi um, was not pushed as a, you know, a pillar of the company. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, 2019 is going to be a great year for Kota Ibushi. Like you said, it's kind of hard to put together what potentially were, were the key factors for him signing, but I think we should just be happy he did sign and that, you know, we've been hearing reports about New Japan supposedly aggressively signing talent we really haven't heard about any signings and so finally this is a pretty big deal a pretty big signing so i'm happy we uh, new japan has abushi and that we'll be seeing him in the future we'll be seeing him in the new japan cup um so yeah looking forward to that uh so next thing we have um the announcement about the show in london called njpw royal quest and it's going to be taking place on the 31st of August in London at the Copper Box Arena. Um, so this is the first major event for New Japan in Europe. And three of the top Japanese wrestlers are confirmed that they will be on the card and will bring New Japan Pro Wrestling's fighting spirit to the heart of UK's capital. Um, New Japan will be letting fans know next week at the same time when they announce a ticket sale of which wrestlers are going to be at that big show. So yeah, you can check out njpw1972.com for more information about that show and tickets. What do you think about the Royal Quest? I mean, it's from what we've heard so far, it's, you know, basically um I guess slated to be a pretty big card as far, it's the first like big card that we're going to get post uh, G1. Um, you know, it has seemed like the fans in England have gotten better cards than the fans in, in the U.S. for whatever reason. You know, when you kind of compare some of the Ring of Honor cards or even some of the, uh, you know, U.S. shows outside of, like, say, the um, 
G1 in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, the Cow Palace show. And you know what? I kind of preferred the shows that they got over at RevPro last year. Um, the, the Strong Style Evolved UK shows, I thought they were better than the, than the Cow Palace show. So um, it is interesting, and it does seem like they're making a big play to have a big show in, you know, in London. I wouldn't be surprised if we see something big there with uh, Zack Sabre. Oh, yeah. Maybe a Sabre in an IWGP title match. Title shot, possibly. So uh, next up, we have um, news about Jay White. So in the press conference last week, the newly crowned IWGP champion agreed to defend his newly won title in Madison Square Garden against the winner of the New Japan Cup. And like we mentioned before, in the past, the New Japan Cup winner um, usually had the freedom to choose which title he would challenge for. But uh, this year, he will be slotted for a IWGP heavyweight title match in New York City. And I think this makes a lot of sense considering, you know, the winner of the New Japan Cup always picks the heavyweight title anyway. So it just makes sense to just already slot that out. And um, But I think it's interesting that they're saying that the IWGP championship is going to be defended against the winner of the New Japan Cup. Pre preemptively, hmm. they've never done that before, which leads you to believe that in the past, the way this tournament has always worked is the other title holders could not be in the tournament. But with them already announcing ahead of time that the IWGP title is up for grabs, then that could hypothetically free up the Never Champion and the IC Champion as being and the US Champ and the US. Well, I think the US Champ's always been eligible because that's never been one that. Remember last year that wasn't eligible to be chosen. Mm, yeah, but um, yeah, it means that they could hypothetically, based on just inference alone, they could be in the tournament. Yeah, and we've heard you know Naito talking about wanting to be um, both IC Champ and IWGP Heavyweight Champion. So yeah, I, I I can definitely see all the champions being in this thing and this being a very stacked uh, New Japan Cup tournament. Yeah, absolutely. And so we have a lot of questions revolving around Jay White and the New Japan Cup. First question comes from Twitter user Omega Goon. He says, do you think Jay White has the belt so Okada has something to rebuild up to? So can once again reclaim the IWGP heavyweight belt the money's in the chase, right? A good heel champion for the babyface to overcome. Yeah, I, first off, let me just say Omega Goon is a freaking awesome uh, name. <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. Um, you know, Jay White having the belt, we've talked a bit about this, and I think maybe we should just touch on it for a minute here. But, you know, they've talked about how Jay White has kind of received the perspective booking that they may have given to Kenny Omega had he resigned. So, you know, th- we talked about the reports last week that Okada and Omega was supposed to be occurring in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting Jay White sort of in that spot. Um, whether it's still Okada who will wind up challenging is yet to be seen, but it does seem like to be the logical, you know, way to way to go. Um so do I think Jay White has the belt so Okada has something to rebuild to? In a sense, yes. But I got to tell you, I think Jay White has the belt because 
they needed to elevate him and elevate him quickly. Yeah, they need to est- establish a new top star. Um, they lost Kenny. They lost the elite. Um, you know, they lost some top gaijin that, that was kind of the uh, foundation of the Western expansion. So they had to turn to, you know, somebody that came from their dojo, another gaijin, another guy that they could push to try and help uh, the Western expansion. And yeah. so they put all the chips on Jay White. Now, nothing is, you know, no man's an island unto himself. So that's not to say that these factors or these decisions have nothing to do with other talent like Okada. But to simply say Jay White is just there so he can be a pin eater for Okada is, I think it's a little bit of an oversimplification. Although I don't think you're wrong in some of your, uh, you know, assertions here. I think it is true. Like Okada needed to be rebuilt. Um, I think. Jay White is a natural foil for him, especially after the you know year-long feud that they just embarked on and the big match they had at the Tokyo Dome. Um, and there is money in this match, uh, you know. And Jay White is a great heel for Okada to overcome. But you know, I don't. People, we've always speculated is Jay White ready for this, that sort of thing. So I don't think this was their first pick. Yeah. I don't think was this this was the initial way that they planned to go off the fly. I think that the real reason that they that Jay White is holding the title is because they needed to elevate him quickly, and I think that's kind of the long and short of it for the most part. Yeah. Um, so now we have some questions about the New, J- New Japan Cup winners. Question from Reddit user Seth101793. He says, who is winning the New Japan Cup in your opinion? And our buddy Kyle Morris from the Outsider's Edge, he says, who are your favorite to win this year's New Japan Cup? Well, um, I think we've talked about who our favorites, like who our individual picks are going to be for the most part. But uh, let's talk about guys that we could hypothetically see winning the New Japan Cup as favorites. I think that's a little more, you know, exciting. And keep in mind, the guys that are going to win this would probably wind up going to, um, well, they're going to wind up going to the MSG show. So that kind of really narrows your your base down quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, the favorites in my head are Okada, Abushi, uh, and Naito. Yep. I, I don't I, out of those three guys. I think it it comes down to those three guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And there's other names that you could think about that could hypothetically be winners, but they don't make as much sense. You know, you could say. Uh, a Will Ospreay, you could say a Tanahashi or a Suzuki, but then when you start thinking of, well, they got to fill, you know, it's going to be a Madison Square Garden and it's got to play into the stories and it's got to be a big match. Those guys really don't make as much sense as Naito or even Zack Saber. You mm-hmm. know, he's another guy. So I mean, you have a lot of big names to draw from, but when you when it factors down to challenging Jay White for the title in 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 the Garden. The names you mentioned to me are the the easy picks, almost to the point where it's like we had we talked you know just a few weeks ago about doing we haven't announced it but we're most likely going to be doing a the New Japan Cup bracket uh, tournament like we did last year. I think Kyle Moore's won that, didn't he? Yeah, I believe he did. Right? I know I know he won a contest he last won year. A contest. I can't remember. I, I think it was New Japan Cup. That well, he won. Maybe it was. I can't remember. I th- I'm pretty sure it was because it was early in the it was like, it was early in the year. But um, I'm almost inclined to not do it because I'm like it's so obvious who the top guys are going to be. It's like 
Um, if I feel like we're going to get a million of the same brackets, whereas last year the brackets were kind of like all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I guess because I said on there we kind of have to do it. I mean, I was planning on doing. It. I didn't realize you were thinking. No, 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 I was definitely planning on doing it, but then I was like, well, it's almost not as fun because it's like, I really think it's going to be Okada, but if it's not, it's probably definitely going to be Abushi or Naito. Those are mm-hmm. just the three names that make the most sense. Yeah. Everyone else seems like really unlikely. You know. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if KES is in this tournament, they're not winning it or Fale. You know, what I mean, right, like it's yeah. not happening. But yeah, but we we don't have a bracket, and hey, nobody expected Zack Saber Jr. to win last year. Mm. So I mean, personally, out of those three, I mean, to me, I think Okada makes the most sense just based off the story they've been telling and based on the rumored reports of what the original plan was. I think Okada makes all the sense in the world to you know try and get some. Um, comeuppance and revenge on Jay White and get his belt back. Um, but hey, they've been saving Jay White and Naito. We've never seen Jay White and Ibushi. Um, those are two first-time matches they could pull out in the garden. Absolutely. Uh, next question comes from Reddit user Eater of Bread. He says, with Okada, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Suzuki, Saber, Ishii, Goto, Evil, and Sonata, all without singles titles, as well as Naito wanting to enter the tournament. Could this year's New Japan Cup be the most stacked yet? Yes. Uh, I, that's the thought I've had going into this tournament for a while now is that this is likely to be one of the most star-studded um, New Japan Cups we've ever seen because typically speaking, they don't really treat it like a G1. You'll see a Yujiro Takahashi or, you know, like... Um, a Davy Boy Smith Jr. Guys that are not really in the G1, you'll see them compete in this sort of thing. You know, Taichi's that sort of thing. This year, it feels like we're gonna because of the stakes that are in place and everything. It feels like we're gonna get a lot of these bigger name guys. Go. This is gonna be the thing that like really kicks off like you know award season, like match of the year season. Like we're getting a we're gonna be seeing some top guys in this thing for sure this year. Yeah. Um, Eater Bread also asks which wrestling promotion is currently the second biggest in the United States. Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Ring of Honor, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, technically, it's a promotion that ha- that is running shows. I guess you would say Ring of Honor, but I mean, second biggest in the U.S. When all elite starts, I mean. I would think you could. They're, they're automatically. Yeah, is all elite already the second largest? <laughs> I mean, with the merch they're putting out, the ticket sale numbers they're doing. I mean, I mean, technically they haven't officially had a show yet, but I mean at this point, I mean they're kind of blowing our witch out of the water or everything else. Yeah, I mean that's a. I guess I didn't understand the question until you mentioned AEW because I was like, well, what? There is no like second largest, and I was like, oh yeah, AEW. <laughs> yeah, I mean with. It remains to be seen. I'm not going to sit here and say AEW is the second largest already um, because logically, how can you say that? But at the same time, it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to be when when they start. Yeah. They're going to have probably the largest TV presence outside of, you know, WWE. They're going to have the most financial backing out of any company. Um, You know, they've got the top stars. They got that con money. They got tons of money behind them. Like, it's hard to see a scenario where they're not already the second largest. Now, for how long that will be, 
and how successful they'll be and all that r- remains to be seen. And so that's why it's hard to say like, oh, well, they're the second largest because they're not running shows yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, if you want to be technical, it's Ring of Honor, I guess, right now. But it's until May. Until yeah, <laughs> until Ring of until AEW starts, then yeah, it's pretty much Ring yeah. of Honor, I guess. And there was a second part of uh, Lee Ibushi's question that I forgot to go back to. Let me run back to that real quick. He said, "Who do you think will? What do you think will be the main event on night one and night two of the Tokyo Dome next year?" Oh man, I really don't know. I mean, with there's so many factors that are in play. Uh, Abushi signing, Jericho hypothetically being able to work, you know, to, uh, New Japan shows. You got to f- figure that that's a possibility. Omega being able to work New Japan shows. That's a possibility as well. Um, I, I the only thing I know for sure is I think Naito's gonna win the title. Mm-hmm. That's more or win a title defense. That's just my gut instinct. All the, you know, it just seems like that's what needs to be happening. So yeah, yeah, the Naito Okada match. I still think that's the direction. I don't know which night you close that with. I don't know. If- I still think it is too. Although if they, so much time has passed and so many things have changed, that I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't yeah. do that specific match. I, you know, what would be a, a sexy match for one of the nights. What Okada versus Bushi? Yeah, that would be great. That'd be great. I I really don't know yet. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I'm going to say Okada Naito for one of the nights. But, like you said, so many factors, so many things can change. Uh, our boy, Rich Latta, he says, If there's a shock guy, whether an old guy or a guy ready for some elevation, you can send to the semifinals of the New Japan Cup. Who would it be? So they're only going to make it to the semifinals, but not beyond that. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking uh, Big Tom Ishii. Tomohiro Ishii? Yeah. You know, I was going to say that right off the bat, and then, but I, it, that's not so shocking to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The only way that that's really shocking is if you have him beating, like, big stars on the way. Like, mm-hmm. he beats a Tanahashi. Yeah. Or something crazy. Well, I guess I'm just thinking about his tournament performance last year. He was bumped out in the first round right. against Big Mike Elgin. Um, I also thought to myself, Michael Elgin is a guy, given his recent past, that could use that sort of bump. Mm-hmm. What I'm surprised you didn't say, and what was I was going to say, but I was going to leave it for you. Evil? No. If you wanted to see someone who was shocking get to the semifinals, then you do um, Kojima. Mm. Yeah, you take Kojima and you give him like a little run because um, I don't know if we're going to get that G1 run out of him this year or not. Mm-hmm. So let, like, let's say he doesn't do that, but maybe he has a final like stand here in the in the uh, in a star-studded New Japan Cup. That's something that would be shocking. There's not a lot of other guys that I could. Really well, I, I don't even think if I don't even know if if Kojima would be in the New Japan Cup. That's why I didn't even think about well, it. That's why Rich said old guy or young guy. Yeah. Someone like you know. Can you imagine like Kojima having like a dude? That would be. I, that's, I thought that's what you were going to say right off the bat. Dude, I would be loving that. I'd, I'd be all about that. <laughs> um, Ishii does – I mean, Ishii was going to be my pick. I just don't know how shocking that is or elevating. The only way it is is, like, if, if it's like he, he goes through Saber and then he goes through, like, you know, Abushi, you know? You're right, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Something crazy like that. But, um, but I think uh, as far as younger kind of guys, I think Evil and Sonata are two guys that – 
if they want to elevate S- them. Sonata to, like made it to the to the uh, that's right. semis last. That wouldn't really year. be a surprise, yeah. And him and Evil have both had successes. I think he's talking more along the lines of like you know a Hanare, yeah, yeah, or, or a Dave Finley, which would be hey. What about what about Juice? Juice did well last year. He made it to the semifinals. He did. He got knocked out by Tanahashi. I think he was in the semis. Gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Um, Dave Finley would be, like, pretty shocking. Yeah. That would be shocking. Like, that'd be like, holy crap. And that would really elevate him. So maybe that'd be another guy uh, Another guy to think about. Yeah. In a most, way. most of my picks, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. that I think, like, could really use it are guys that, like, like a Shingo or... Mm. A um, like a uh, the ticking time Hiromu, Hiromu. Yeah. A lot of the guys that I would like to see elevated are still young lions. Yeah, you know, and they're not ready. Um, and speaking of Hiromu, we did have a question from Reddit user: Why did you do that, bro? Since Hiromu is getting close to one thousand percent recovery, when would be the ideal place for his in-ring return? Well, best of the Super Juniors is in May. We're Maybe the Madison Square Garden show. Uh, and there was actually a uh, interesting tweet from uh, Chris Charlton, who was trying to uh, analyze Hiromu's uh, comeback. Here he goes. So this is from uh, our buddy Chris Charlton at Raising JP on Twitter. He says, "If Hiromu Takahashi is applying some kind of scientific method to his recovery rate, and if he maintains the same pace." Of roughly three percent recovery per day, he will reach the thousand percent goal in the first week of March. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Then he would re debut at the anniversary show. That, or he could debut in the New Japan Cup. Oh yeah, but then um, see, I feel like he's he's gonna re debut and then have his first match later. Gotcha. That's what I think. Gotcha. So it's like he could re-debut, yeah, like at the New Japan Cup or re-debut at the anniversary show and then after that we've... So maybe like, maybe he makes his in-ring debut at the Madison Square Garden show. That would be awesome. I I don't know. That seems like a likely timeline. Yeah. I mean, I either that or... Best of the Super Juniors makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he doesn't come back till the Best of Super Juniors. That's another thing I thought about. Right, for like the, the block announcements are like, you know, they go through like all the B-block names, and then all of a sudden, the last name is, boom, Hiromu Takahashi. Yep, yep, and then yeah. and then he's back. That would yeah. be awesome. Uh, next question from our boy from LOP, Sir Sam. He says, feels like a new era in New Japan. Does it ever. Do you think that they are still setting themselves up for long-term success? Well, I feel like they're they're handling the um you know, the losses that they just suffered pretty well, all things considered. Um, but I don't know. I, I think they're trying to set themselves up for long term success. I think like um everything that they're doing has the future in mind, but I don't know if you know, it's it's all a gamble. I don't know if it's gonna pay off or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Abushi signing is definitely a big thing that's going to set them up for success this year. Yeah, we've been uh, wondering about when they're going to sign somebody. So, yeah, so, I mean, 
you know, they're trying to get some new stars. They're trying to get Jay White hot, and they're going to be trying to establish some people. So I think as of right now, I think that's not taught. <laughs> I think they're kind of, they're still on the path uh, to success, but they definitely need to sign some more people. They need to keep getting guys hot because they had a lot of big shows later this year that they got to uh, get some butts and seats for. Uh, we got Reddit user Dookie Hammer. He says, with all the NJPW fans now backtracking and saying that Jay White is better than Kenny, or I'm glad that Kenny is gone, the reports about unhappy talent backstage are just rumors, and Kenny was never the face of the Western expansion. How long do you think it will take for NJPW fanboy buttholes to properly heal? I'm so confused about this question. <laughs> I'm so so. Which ones are the fanboys who who, so, who are butt hurt? So he's is it, is it the fans who are trying to say that Jay White's better than Kenny, or the people that liked Kenny and are upset that he left? Like which one? Is, which one is it? So I'm saying. So all these things he listed are he's. I guess he's seeing New Japan fans saying this that Jay White's better than Kenny. He's seeing people saying that they're glad that Kenny is gone. Are you seeing this, Jeremy? No. That's why I, when I got this question, I was like, what New Japan fans are saying this? I mean, I'm going to have to defer to you because you maintain our online presence. I don't know. I mean, okay. Well, let's just address a couple things. Um, Jay White's not better than Kenny. Um, you might be glad Kenny's gone, but you are in the vast minority if you feel that way. I'm sorry. Um, I think the majority of wrestling fans who are objective are not happy that Kenny has gone. Yeah. On many levels. And, I, and and I'm not criticizing you if you didn't like Kenny to each his own, but that's not the popular opinion. It's just not. Um, the reports of unhappy backstage talents being rumors, they probably weren't. They came from a pretty reputable source. And then um, Kenny was definitely the face of the Western expansion. So all of these statements are pretty much incorrect. Um, I think they're all ludicrous statements from what I'm hearing. The other thing, though, is I don't know how many people are actually saying them because I've never heard anyone saying this sort of right, thing. Right, yeah. Dookie Hammer, we need to know like wh- what forums, like what sites are you yeah. on that you're seeing this yeah, stuff? Who, who are you interacting with, bro? Because, like, yeah, you need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm not sure which ones are the butthurt fans. Like, you know, I could actually see fans on both sides of things being butthurt when it really comes down to it, whether it's, uh, you know, the people that are talking about how bad things have gotten now that Jay... See, that's the thing. I'm seeing people being like, things suck. Jay, yeah. Jay White's the champion now. You know? Say goodbye to Great New Japan main events. Yeah, Kenny's gone. The Western expansion has failed. See, I'm seeing the total opposite of these statements. Yeah. You know? Um, that's what I'm seeing. Is people, say, Same people, here. People see, saying the opposite. And I think that those statements while based in some truth, are pretty much incorrect. And I think anyone who feels this opposite way, I think these are just two extremes, you know? And I always just say this, like, you know, you never want to go too extreme. You want to be in the middle of the road. People are always like, oh, don't be middle of the road. But the thing is, there's a ditch on each side of the road. You go too far left, too far right, you're going to crash into a ditch. You want to stay on the road. And the truth of the matter is, Jay White's not better than Kenny, but he's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kenny's gone. I'm not glad about it, but we got to make the best that we 
do that we possibly can now that he's gone. And I think they're trying to do that. Were people unhappy backstage? Possibly. Hopefully, New Japan will try to correct that and make them happy. Um, Kenny was definitely the face of the Western expansion. In some you know, sense, you could actually say that AEW is expanding into the West and furthering what New Japan was trying to do. And that might be problematic for New Japan going forward. Yeah. But, um, you know, they got to build a new face, which is what they're trying to do with Jay White, what they're trying to do with uh, the Bullet Club. So um, I think fanboys on both sides of the fence, you know, need to just chill and like enjoy the product for what it is and what's happening and put some faith in Gato, man. This yeah. guy's this guy's never let you down before. Like, why is he gonna let you down now? Yeah, I'm sure that little notebook of his, Gato has some master plans that's gonna really, you know, shake them things up this year yeah. and have us have us another great year. I mean, look, hey, look at the New Japan Cup. It's getting ready to be probably one of the best New Japan Cups that we've ever seen. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, guys. I mean, I do miss I miss the elite. They they have left a pretty big hole. But this is that hole creates opportunity for lots of guys, and you know just because the guys that are getting the opportunities aren't who you love as a fan doesn't mean that the product is ruined or it's unwatchable or anything. Things are going pretty good, and there's every likelihood it's going to get better because New Japan always delivers. And the uh, the Jay White Tana match you gave that four and a half, right? I did, but no one yeah. else did. I gave it four and a half. No but, one else other than you and me. Guess who else gave it four and a half? Oh, Dave Meltzer did, Big right? Dave. Yeah. Uncle Dave. But people are saying he's crazy for that. Yeah. I, you know, and I I think he's crazy a lot of the time, too. I thought it was four and a half. I really did. But so did I. I. A lot of people thought it was not as good as that, but I love that match. And that's a match, to answer a question earlier, what's a match that you liked that didn't isn't getting a lot of praise? I'm like, I, I really like that Jay White and... You know, Tanahashi. Tanahashi match. Yeah. And I don't really go to bat for Jay White matches like that. Me either. You know, I usually be like it's pretty good, but I thought that 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 was one of his three best matches, along with the Juice and the Okada match. So yeah. Uh, next up, uh, MSG tickets on the secondary market. So I've been seeing a lot of talk about there being a lot of tickets for the MSG show on the secondary market. Um, low ticket prices. People trying to offload their MSG tickets. Um, what are your thoughts about this and kind of the potential of, of what's to come for this MSG show? Um, you know, if people are trying to sell off their tickets and the ticket's not as hot as it had previously been, that's a key indicator that there's a problem. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be people that are upset about the prospects of having to watch um, <laughs> Jay White be in a title match, whether it be people who were fans of the elite and were anticipating seeing the Bucks and Cody and Kenny and Hangman and now they're not I think that those are all factors Um, I think the idea that Ring of Honor hasn't really held up its end of the bargain in in the sense of like creating top stars top level draws and doing things that were compelling enough to entice people to stay around for the show a lot of people bought these tickets impulsively because it was history it was new japan in the in in the garden it was you know this uh feeling that there was going to be an alternative and kind of sticking it to vince and all that but now all of a sudden there's AEW. now all of a sudden there's this other big show that people really really want to go to and there's 
something that's hotter right now in the West. And guys, don't get it twisted. Like, I we we love New Japan. We're passionate about it. But like, if you go on the internet, everything's about AEW right now. Like that is what's hot. Um, and it's really not this this show. Like the it for whatever reason it does feel like a lot of fan interest and hype has just kind of dwindled from this show. Yeah. And, you know, I still think that there are some great matches that New Japan can put on this MSG show. I think the show's going to be fantastic. To help turn things around. If it's not fantastic, then they're, they're, it's a huge misstep on their part. It needs to be fantastic. And I think it will, too. There's a lot of key talent um, that's still on both rosters. And I think there's a lot of great matches that they can put on um, that people are kind of overlooking. And yes, you know, we're probably not going to get a full card until after the New Japan Cup, which kind of stinks. And, you know, New Japan's been doing that with their U.S. shows to kind of wait, you know, right before to kind of announce the full card. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, people are they're kind of they're upset with Jay White as champion and Jay White being in the main event. They're upset about no Kenny, no Bucks, no Cody, no Hangman Page, no well, Skrull will be there. But, you know, well, see, and that's hard for me to kind of um relate to because when I bought these tickets I didn't buy them anticipating seeing the elite you know I bought it wanting to see Tomohiro Ishii and to see Goto and to see Okada like that's really why I was like oh New Japan's coming Mm -hmm. not to say that those guys weren't part of New Japan but they've always been to me seen as like you know an extension of Ring of Honor and and you know they're the western guys like yeah they're 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 New Japan we see them here all the time Mm -hmm. you know I mean um that wasn't really the enticing thing. And I also kind of knew that they're, we've been speculating all year about where they're going. And I had a feeling it probably wasn't going to be with new Japan. So it wasn't like I bought my MSG tickets thinking we were seeing the elite there. I really didn't think that. And I mean, there's a lot of key indicators at the time that the only one we'd be seeing was Marty, you know, and maybe things could have shook out differently, but I, I always thought if they did end up being on the show, it would just be a bonus. Yeah. It was never my anticipation so, you know, and we're New Japan fans, so the fact that those guys are gone, and but we're still getting, hypothetically, hopefully, an authentic New Japan presentation, you know, along with Ring of Honor, I'm still in, enticed, I'm still intrigued. But I could see why people who are, like, diehard Bullet Club, you know, card-carrying members, you know, elite, you know too sweet member <laughs> people those, those kinds of guys like i get it you know you might be pissed that you bought a ticket and this show's not going to be what you thought it might potentially be but i also think that there's a possibility that once the cards get announced it might turn things around because we yeah. still don't know what we're getting right and that's you know that's one of the things you know we all bought tickets to this thing blind they didn't announce anything. There was no expectations. I mean, the two guys that were have been on all the advertisements so far have been Okada and Marty Skrull. So, are we getting Okada Marty Skrull too? We could be two <laughs> oh five. Uh, but yeah, I think that New Japan's gonna they're, they're gonna pull this out on their end, and they're gonna have some great matches. All right. So next thing we have here, we had some championship matches announced for the anniversary show. We kind of touched on it earlier. Uh, but it was made official that Taiji Ishimori will be defending the Junior Heavyweight Championship against uh, Jushin Thunder Liger. 
and um, Lij Shingo and Bushi will be defending their junior tag titles against Rapungi 3K Show and Yo, and that's happening March 6 at the anniversary show. Um, we have a question here from Twitter user uh, Aaron Puro. He says, "Has uh, NJPW has an NJPW heavyweight ever dropped down to junior?" Um, not that I know of. Um, yeah, I really can't even remember a time historically where they have ever done that. Now you know me, and I want this Ishii you are, yeah, you junior want the- <laughs> title run so badly. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, there is a weight limit, but I can't remember, you know, what it is. I think it it was 225, uh, was the weight limit. So he says, according to NJPW 1972, here are some wrestlers, uh, weighing less than Shingo, who's listed at 96 kilos. Um, Owens, Finley, Yujiro, Ibushi, Tama, Osprey, and Suji. So clearly weights listed on the site are not official. I don't see any of those wrestlers even being considered to be eligible to wrestle in the best of the super juniors. Would any of those guys interest you in an angle where they work to get in shape and make the weight limit? Personally, I would love to see Finley, Chase, Tama, or Yujiro do it as it would add some more talent to that class. Well, you know, most of the guys that you listed are former juniors. Um, Owens was... Yujiro definitely was. Ibushi was. Osprey was. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think Tama was as well. I know Finley kind of. I don't think maybe Finley was. I don't think he was. But yeah, I mean the the majority of the guys you're listing did compete in the junior division. I I would love to see a storyline where Owens like tried to make weight and and got back down to junior, but um. With that being said, he'd have to actually get in shape because he's, he's out of shape. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Chase Owens would be, for me, the one guy I would love to see go back to junior heavyweight. No. I mean, I I think No, he, Ishii. No, for me, it's Chase. <laughs> uh, I think he he's such a great worker, and there's just not um, room for him to truly be uh, spotlighted in the heavyweight division. Uh, I think we need stars in the junior division, and I think with his skill set, he could easily... Um, be a top star in, in as a junior heavyweight. Also, um, you know, Zack Saber obviously is as small or smaller than most of these guys, and probably makes he probably already makes the weight limit for junior right now. Yeah. So that's another one to kind of think about. So yeah, so that wraps that up. Um, next up, did you see the tweet with uh, the Valentine's tweet for Kenny Omega and Dakota Ibushi? I did. Yeah, so he tweeted out a photo of himself with Kota Ibushi with the caption, Happy Valentine, I'm always thinking about you. Um, And so as we talked about earlier, Ibushi is going to be staying with New Japan Pro Wrestling until 2021. And although Omega's AEW contract does allow him to work for New Japan on occasion, it's possible that we could see Ibushi show up at AEW at some point. Um, as uh, Omega kind of mentioned in Wrestling Observer Radio last week. And he said, uh, absolutely, by all means, we would love to use Coda. I he, I wish he was here all the time. He would be the perfect roommate if he liked America. I'm probably going to relocate to America as well. He actually has a wrestling school now. Yeah, he's he's got a wrestling school in Japan. We're going to be supportive of that. 
He has a couple of commitments of that as of now. But again, the door is wide open. I think it's interesting where he said that he's thinking about him all the time. Um, where in a backstage segment, they had asked uh, Kota Ibushi what he thought about Kenny Omega. And he's like, well, Kenny, I'm really not thinking about him anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I think that this hypothetically could be a response to that statement. Mm. Yeah. You know, Kota says, I'm not thinking about you anymore. And Kenny's like, I'm o- you're always on my mind. I'm always <laughs> thinking about you. So very interesting stuff there. Uh, then we had Chris Jericho was on Wrestling Observer Radio this weekend talking about all elite wrestling and had some talks about New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was very critical on uh, New Japan about um, you know releasing their cards uh, before um, you know more than a week or a few days before a show coming out and kind of the size the size buildings that they chose to run during the first uh, few U.S. shows. Talked about some contract negotiation stuff and. He talked about the six guys that he would like to face in New Japan in the future. Uh, Tanahashi, Okada, um, Ishii, uh, Ibushi. Jay White. Yeah. Well, he had uh, he said he had he like. Listed him last. Yeah, he had Jay White and Ishii kind of like last. Uh, Osprey was another guy. So, yeah, so Jericho's definitely planning. He really wants to continue to work for New Japan. Him and Kenny, they have the clause where they can work for New Japan, so it's all the you know it's all in uh, Gato's and Harold May's court now. If you know they're gonna utilize those guys, yeah, definitely. Uh, so we had some more visa issues for New Japan wrestlers. Um, visa issues forced um, Evil to miss a show for Pro Wrestling Force. This was a date that was um, set up for Evil by uh, Michael Elgin. Eagle, uh, Evil was going in town early to kind of meet with some friends and family, but was stopped and sent back because he didn't have the uh, right visa. So more visa issues for New Japan. So hopefully that's all settled for uh, MSG. Well, we also had visa issues on the other side of the pond where... Uh, PCO tweeted that he wasn't on the New Japan Ring of Honor on a rising shows later this month because he couldn't get a visa for Japan in time. So people need to freak out on Ring of Honor not getting their visa. When did they put these in? <laughs> yeah, well, they need to cancel the show. Is what they need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking, Jericho was saying that they should have canceled the shows. Oh, he thought so. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor has announced Jay Lethal versus Matt Taven for the Ring of Honor title. Mark and Jay Briscoe versus PC on Brody King for the tag titles. You want to change your uh, your tag title predictions mm. there, Jeremy? Um, you know they could they could always make it a triple uh, threat. All right, they could always make all it a right. triple threat. <laughs> Marty Scroll versus Kenny King and Roosh versus Bandito, which that sounds awesome for the March fifteenth, seventeenth uh, anniversary pay per view at Sam's Town in Las Vegas, and then finally the free match of the week is the Chain Death Match. Between Hiroyoshi Tenzan and Takashi Isaka from uh, October 13th, 2008. And um, yeah, that match it gets the uh, Young Boy Double Juice recommendation. <laughs> I have not seen this match. I'll have to check this out. Yeah, I, can't, I don't know of any other chain matches in uh, New Japan history. So, you know, very rarely do we get the... Uh, you know, the big gimmick, you know, whether it's a cage or a chain or whatever, a strap match, you know, bull rope match. Very rarely we get that sort of stuff. So 
Uh, that one's worth actually checking out, but you know, you, you kind of have to know the, the history between Tenzon and Iska to, to, you know, but that's, that's a good pick with what's coming up. Yeah. And it's probably worth watching before the uh, big retirement match to kind of understand more of the backstory between those guys. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Next week, we'll be back uh, for a review of the New Japan Road and a view, review of Honor Rising. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at KI Strong Style. You can also follow us at Social Suplex. On Facebook, we are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle. Facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling squared circle on Reddit. I am the pro black guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at socialsuplex.com. Check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. On Monday, we have the Omega Luke Podcast. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland and our podcast dedicated to independent pro wrestling. Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. On Thursdays, we have Wilfred Watches. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. I made a special guest run-in on last week or this week's episode of All Things Elite that aired this past Saturday. So check that out. Don't forget to check out our Pro Wrestling Tees, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Right now, they have their President's Day sale going on. You can get 20% off using the promo code PREZ. So go ahead and support us and get those Keeping It Strong Style t-shirts. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we will catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.